Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is a special episode of the Wikicast, a podcast about random Wikipedia articles. Today, we are joined by a guest. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Patrick. I run the YouTube channel TierZoo, which is a channel that uh, explains evolution through the lens of gaming. And what article are we talking about this week, Patrick? Uh, so I've got one. It's Miocene, the geologic epic um, of the Neogene period. Okay, so right, this is very appropriate considering that you did randomize this. You didn't. You didn't pick this beforehand. This was a random article, and I mean, it seems right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, I'm seeing that it's it's one of the first times that you're seeing like recognizable modern animals. You're How seeing, long ago like, was it? Oh yeah, so this is. It looks like. Um, between five and twenty-three million years ago, right. So it's quit- and, is that part yeah. of the Quaternary epoch? So it's after the the Mesozoic. It's the it's gotta, yeah. It's got to be. Oh no! Actually, it says um, it's Neogene. The Quaternary yeah is. Uh, it looks like that's after. I think yeah. Okay, so this is this is post dinosaurs, pre humans, basically. So this is when all the really weird giant mammals are starting to crop up, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's look. I, th- I think there's a. Oh yeah, perfect. There's there's a life section, and then it's flora and fauna. So let's look at the fauna section. Hmm. Okay, so we've got ducks show up here now. Okay, cool. Oh. Owls, cockatoos, and crows. That's fun. Love them. Okay. Um, the first hominins, bipedal apes. Um, oh, so like apes. Oh, cool. not, not humans, yeah. but like human-like creatures. Yeah, because the current great ape species that we know, like the recognizable apes today, only like kind of came into being a couple of million years ago. So I'm guessing this is pre-lemurs, pre-orangutans and gorillas and things like that. This is, this is the really early ones before they all sort of branched off. Yeah, so that's what I would... Yes. Uh, let's see what uh, which hominins is it talking about? You know, maybe it is the newer ones. Well, it says they were just appearing in the Af- uh, uh, in Africa at the end of the Miocene. Okay, so this is late Miocene. So that'd be like five million years ago. Actually, that might be that might be humans. I mean, humans have I think well, like certainly a something few like, million is years it ago. Australopithecus was one of the. Yeah, um, I feel like early I feel African like plain dwelling ones. Early. Oh, oh no! It says here. It says the chimpanzee human divergence is thought to have occurred at this time. Okay, so the ancestor oh, of chimpanzees and humans. So is that what defines the end? What what defines the beginning and end of the of the era then? Because presumably there's an event that. Yeah, that good question. Let's let's look for that. Uh, um, like it might the you know first existence of a hominid. Is that like a, a sufficiently important thing to merit? Like, Let's see. oh, it says okay. The Miocene boundaries are not marked by a single distinct global event, but ra- but consist rather of regionally defined boundaries between the warmer Oligocene and the cooler Pliocene epoch. Okay, so it's a climate thing rather than a biology. Yeah, thing. that's what it seems like. Yeah. Okay, so so before we, you know, we we delve pretty deep in already. I mean, your background is biology, isn't it? So what I mean, you you do tier zoo, which is I've got a, like we you actually contacted us because you you know you listened to the podcast and said, oh, thanks for the shout out, and I had no idea that you listened <laughs> at all. Oh, okay, so here's what happened, right? Um, I I googled my I googled tier zoo just to see like if anything new pops up because every so often you'll find something interesting. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I saw Wikicast, uh, 
and I guess you guys like mentioned Tirzu, and I listened to that yeah, yeah. episode, and that was good. Um, okay. And I'm like, hey, I could if they're talking about me, might as well say hello, say thanks, um, and give well, it a I listen. Mean, you're one of my favorite channels. I mean, we have uh, full disclosure. We're part of sort of the same network, so we, we talk to each other every now and again, and like a big group chat with all of these all these other creators. But you know, you you genuinely are one of my apps. You're one of those channels that as soon as they upload, you have to check it out. Like Bill Burtz is man. one of those, and like oh yeah, Bill Burtz. There's, there's a few. <laughs> I really appreciate that, there. Thanks, man. Well, you know, it's true. You make good stuff, and we'll, we'll get on to how you make it. I'm sure because we had a conversation recently about how you do the videos, which blew my mind. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so so how did you? You're you're a biologist by training. Did you go to uni and study biology? Yeah. So my background is in microbiology specifically, uh, but of course, to learn microbiology, you have to learn evolutionary bio and just mm. zoology in general, of course. Um, but yeah, my degree is in microbio. I went to the University of Madison, Wisconsin. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's where Red Letter Media is from, isn't it? They're from Wisconsin. Yeah, Red Letter Media, yeah. Uh, there's a few YouTubers. Yeah, Red Letter Media is one of the big ones. Uh, Video Game Donkey, I believe, is also from... Um, I think he might even be from Madison. I've never met him, but I know he's oh. nearby somewhere. Uh, Gus Johnson, uh, I think he, he now moved out to California, I believe, but he was from uh, somewhere in Wisconsin, I think, oh. near Eau Claire. Yeah. I'll be honest, I always thought of Wisconsin as being like kind of the arse end of America. Like it's just sort of the north bit where nothing happens, but apparently it's a hotbed for YouTubers. <laughs> I I always saw it as the the place that Nickelodeon shows would make fun of. Like if you ever watched <laughs> like Drake and Josh or like iCarly growing up, it would be like they would always roast Wisconsin. Like someone always yeah. had some weird relative from Wisconsin that they would take pot shots and roasts at. Mm. Uh, so I was I was always the butt of the joke when I was watching TV shows. I was like, why? Why? <laughs> what, what did I do? I, I didn't deserve this. <laughs> so but so yeah. that's the biology side of things. And then obviously with Tier Zoo, it's part biology, part gaming, and and a, you know you're not even the only gaming YouTuber from up there. So I mean, how what's the, what got you into gaming? Like, why did you choose to do a channel that's kind of biology plus gaming? Right. So, I mean, I do love gaming. I've always been a gamer. I grew up playing RuneScape, most of all. Um, awesome. And then recently, well, I guess I also played a ton of Smash Bros growing up. Um, mm. And But I only recently, like, when I started going to college, I only, at that point, started getting into, like, the competitive sort of mindset in Super Smash Bros, where you have to, like, really study out the different aspects of each character and each stage and learn all the different advanced techniques. And that was like a really interesting thing to me because there's so much information and so much um, little quirks and tidbits that you should know if you're trying to be um, a good player. And so like the, just the mindset, uh, the analytical mindset to, to approach a video game Hmm just was so fascinating to me. Like, you could really write a dissertation on, like, frame data of Super Smash Bros. Melee. It would be... It, there's plenty of information out there. People have done science on video games, like, studying out, okay, which moves can link into other moves because of their frame data, and study it out and practice it. Um, so this and is, that's just so fascinating. So is, is it just Melee that's in the competitive scene, though? Does, does each Smash Bros. game have its own scene, or is Melee the only one? Uh, Melee is the biggest one, but there's also a sizable one that plays the newest one, which right now is, is Smash 4, uh, but will 
definitely transition over to Smash Ultimate, which is the new one that was announced for the Switch mm-hmm. for this winter. Um, I'm super hyped for that. I can't wait. It does look good. Yeah. We've been saying, Simon and I have been saying, that we've been, you know, when back when we lived uh, lived in the same place, um, it was a toss-up between getting a, a PlayStation 4 and a Switch. Just purely, and I think because the Switch was still, it was so new, yeah. the, the 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 games were so kind of limited at that time. But the, the, some of them are coming out now, like Breath of the Wild, has been the other one that I've always seen people play and been like, "Oh God, that looks cool." Yeah. Oh, yeah. you didn't go with the Switch. Oh, that's disappointing. No. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I have a PS4 as well, and there's definitely some excellent exclusives on there. I highly recommend Bloodborne. Um, that's my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the kind of um, Dark Souls Mark Two kind of. Yes, it's definitely yeah. a spiritual successor to Dark yeah, Souls. Absolutely. Um, and it's probably my favorite exclusive. Uh, I think God of War is uh, another really good one. I was just I finished a couple of weeks ago. Finished a full. Um, who was it? Um, Jesse Cox. It was yeah, Jesse Cox. Um, the the online sensation that is Jesse Cox. Um, he did a playthrough with the Completionist, um, and they played that on its like highest setting and went right the way through. And that game. The story is just amazing. I can't. I forget how many awards it's won, but it's just like it's all of them. It's as not far as I can every, tell. yeah, yeah. It's just been ridiculous. Yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting it to be so story driven. It's very good. Mm. It's funny you should say about Dark Souls. So I, I was talking to somebody. We'll get onto this in a bit, I'm sure. I was talking to somebody about how we've been playing, um, getting over it with Bennett Foddy. We have our, our gaming channel, mm. Sponge and Electric, and somebody described it as uh, Dark Souls with a mountain. Which is okay, yeah, like that's, the most that's accurate fair. thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so so brutal. God of War is Dark Souls with a mountain. Yeah, that's not yeah. the worst comparison. Because <laughs> um, yeah, we we played. God, we were actually playing for quite a while, weren't we, Dan? I've, I was been editing it down into like a few episodes, but it is crushing, absolutely we crushing that game. We were playing a while, especially given that I think it was a it was a solid maybe. 45 minutes before you're like oh yeah you should probably play rather than just like, sit there watching so addicting. You. i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry no it's all right i just remember i remember i was having flashbacks being like god he's still he's still going he's still <laughs> he's still, he's still there back, it was back. it was weirdly addicting though it, it's that kind of almost um like sadistic sense of oh i can't know just a bit more and you know that it's just you're going to get more and more frustrated but hmm. it was a lot of fun a lot of fun have you played uh, world of warcraft patrick uh, no, I was always into RuneScape, and then I was kind of a competitor to World of Warcraft. I tried yeah. to get into it at one point, but um, back when I was a kid, World of Warcraft was three times as expensive as RuneScape. So I'm like, well, yeah, it was it was pretty pricey. Is, uh, yeah, exactly. The, the choice was clear to me. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, I know yes. it's got a new it's got a new expansion next like week today or oh next yeah. week okay so, something yeah. I, I don't know. It's very soon. I think it it may well be either today or tomorrow. Um, Battle for Azeroth. Nice. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. I won't see you for a while, Dan. I'm guessing you're just going to drop off well, the face of the earth. No, I'm not. I've, 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 I'm absolutely not, not going to get back into it because with, with, with that coming out and me going into my final year at uni, uh, that's a, a dangerous combination. Um, however, I met, I messaged you the other day. I messaged, I messaged Simon the other day with a, an idea that we had for, for. Um, yeah, which I, Sponge and Electric. Which uh, I'd be fully willing to do if it, if it yeah. means ruining your uh, degree, then that's a price I'm willing to pay. Um, I mean. Given given that it's going to be a trial thing, I should be able to limit myself just to these recording sessions, which would only take a, you know a couple of hours. But yeah, it's it's very. I, I've already read the book I, while I was at Simon's a couple of weeks ago in Cambridge um, for some rehearsals. The uh, 
the new novel in the series, because I read all the books along too, because I'm, I'm a massive lore fiend, um, that came out and I absolutely devoured that in the course of like a couple of days. And that was amazing. And that's done nothing but increase my hype for this for this expansion. <laughs> I mean, it Pat- looks incredible. So. Patrick, please that's tell awesome. me that Smash Bros. doesn't have lore. Like, it, does, it, does it have extended lore associated with it? Not really, no. Okay, I mean, there, there was one in the Wii version of the game, there was something called Subspace Emissary, which is kind of like a story mode game. There's meant to be um, a story mode in the new one, isn't there? I hope so. They haven't announced it, but there's a lot of speculation that seems to indicate that there probably will be. They mentioned, in one of the directs, they mentioned, like, a boss at some point, and no one knows why. Um, right. Because there's no boss mode in the in the Wii U one. So we were like, oh, okay, what, what does that mean? Is there a boss? That means there's probably, like, levels and a story a and things like kind, that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what we're hoping. Um, okay. But... Time will tell. Okay, so so go, going back to sort of the thing that people are going to know you for, apart if if you're not on the Smash Bros. like competitive scene, people are going to know you from Tier Zoo, basically. And like, yeah. So I mean, as a YouTuber, like I've I'm just curious personally, is like how how did that come about? How did you start the channel? Like, what was the what was there a particular moment where like you just had like a light bulb go on, or was it a gradual thing? Uh, there was a moment. I saw I was browsing Reddit, and there's a subreddit called r slash uh, outside uh, yes, and i yeah. saw that and i noticed that it's a huge subreddit it has like three hundred thousand subscribers i think uh but the newest or like the top posts on the subreddit were all like a few days old and i'm like huh okay so like this is a huge subreddit with not a lot of content uh maybe i could fill that niche and that's what i did i posted a video and it immediately hit the top spot and got like several like tens of thousands of views in the first 24 hours i'm like okay i guess i have something this is what here. i'm doing now <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is my life yeah, now yeah. <laughs> wow because yeah. it did it did seem like you kind of came out of nowhere like from the very first video you did it was seemingly a success overnight yeah it's definitely like i've had youtube channels in the past and kind of tried to do the grind of just you know upload consistently and um but none of them ever like went anywhere but i saw that i'm like oh okay this this i guess i have finally have it here if i play this play my cards right i might actually be able to grow this into something worth what had you done before then what channels had you done before oh god we don't talk about those (laughs) (laughs) i did those kind of channels okay i no i mean i i had one when i was like a like a teenager and i just upload like really bad uh videos of just me and my friends goofing off um i did make one that was about uh runescape uh and i tried to do like animations but i'm not a good animator so those didn't go anywhere either um i I made one for magic the gathering and tried to like do animations and tried to make magic the gathering look like Yu-Gi-Oh, uh with like the you know like life points and (laughs) then summoning monsters and then have them like appear in real life and fight each other um yeah but Again, not was this stuff that you picked greatest. because you you just went on a random subreddit and and saw that there was like a, a gap? Was it was Tearsy the successful trial? Like all the other ones, uh, you've, you've I just think the other ones on were more so like, I mean, yes, Magic the Gathering has a subreddit and RuneScape has a subreddit, and I was like, okay, there's there's a potential audience there, but most of those subreddits are much more active and more focused on things actually relevant to the game, not just some chump YouTuber trying to get his videos out there. Yeah. Um, so, so that also explains how you 
you know, from the first video, you clearly knew what you were doing in terms of editing. And like, it wasn't like somebody's first video. But yeah, exactly. I do have a fair bit of experience with, uh, with editing. I, I did a lot of, I took a lot of classes in high school for editing. Um, to have such a clear aesthetic idea as well of the kind of like the style of the, of the, yeah, I, I do think it's evolved, uh, to some extent. Like if you, if you watch the first video, it doesn't have any of the like effects that make it look like a game. Like it still has the, the mm. terminology, right. Um, mm. where I talk about things as yeah. though like a tier list and, and builds and stuff like that. Uh, but it doesn't have like the RuneScape health bars and hit splats or like the Overwatch. You eliminated this player yeah, thing yeah. when something when two animals are like fighting. Uh, and I think that that was probably like the most important step I took in terms of crafting mm. the aesthetic. And it's absent in the first episode or two. But yeah, I, I tried my best to hit the ground running mm. with Tierzu, uh because my old channels they had like terrible audio, terrible editing. Well, not terrible editing, but terrible animation at least. Mm. Um, and so if I could just like get it right on the first try and hit the ground running, I feel like that helps a lot uh, with trying to launch a channel. Yeah, because I think people have this misconception that like when people have a channel that really explodes overnight, it's um, you know it was this person's first video that they, they they don't see all the work that went into the projects before then. Like nobody just makes their first video and then oops, it goes viral. Or well, like I can't think of a single person off the top of my head who's had that like. You know, even exactly. the, the pe- overnight success takes a long time was a quote that I remember reading once. And like, it's so true when it comes to YouTube. Yeah, um, that's 100% true. No doubt about it. But the thing that got me, so what we were talking about, uh, like uh, last week or something was what software do you use to make your videos? Because I couldn't believe this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I edit in, in Adobe Premiere, but I make all of the graphics like the, the stat graphs and stuff like that, uh, I make that in PowerPoint because it's just so easy to save like templates and stuff. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It's like, it's so yeah, like... That's super. Kind of, it's, it's, it's the digital, like YouTube version of a guy working from his shed. <laughs> like no professional I, tools yeah, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, like it just works. If it works, it's not stupid, you know? Yeah, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And that's what I have yeah. the most experience using. Like for those other channels I was talking about before, like I would draw in PowerPoint using like PowerPoint auto shapes mm. and manipulate those and kind of make, uh, like growing up, did you ever make like a flip book cartoon kind of thing? Yeah, like you take yeah. a pack of sticky notes and draw one and flip it and draw another one. You can do the same thing in PowerPoint, except instead of having to redraw everything, you just copy paste. So I did that a lot growing up just for my own entertainment. I would like animate things using PowerPoint. So I, I know like every little intricacy of PowerPoint just from doing that. So, so you, it's so, you're going to stick yeah. with that, even though presumably now you know That's how like, you can edit in, sorry, you can like animate in Premiere uh, or like After Effects, which presumably you have access to now. But presumably you're going to stick with PowerPoint because if it's ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that I do now in After Effects and Premiere, um, but for the most part, like when it comes to making the graphics itself, uh, I don't see a reason to switch unless they need to be animated. Like now, for my for some of my stealth or not stealth, my stat bars hmm. um, that have like the power, defense, stealth, HP, and everything, uh, now they're animated, and so. I took the design that I had made in PowerPoint and I kind of ported it over to Yeah, does After it go Effects. across as like individual shapes then that you can manipulate or is it's not just one static image? 
Uh, it's more that I had to like remake it in in After Effects, but I like had the design already made from right. from PowerPoint. Okay, sorry. This now we're getting, just getting into YouTubers ask each other technical questions because yeah, like, sorry, you do your videos. How? Yeah, how do you make how do you make your videos? <laughs> well, I for one, I think you need I th- <laughs> we we need more PowerPoint. Uh, just in general, I think that, that's, PowerPoint I'm, I'm gobsmacked. If we can that, find any other YouTubers, if you're listening to this, dear reader, and you're a YouTuber who uses PowerPoint to make your videos, I want to know about it because this is perhaps we've just discovered a whole niche of YouTube that's powered by PowerPoint. Um, I somehow suspect that you're one of very few people, Patrick, but I'm willing to be proved wrong. <laughs> but I mean, because we got talking about that because you were talking about. Um, you asked me how I did something in one of my videos where I was using After Effects. It was the uh, the Jetstream animation that I did. Yeah, was, that was really cool. It was the jankiest thing. And I was lying in bed like two or three days after the video went out and I was like, oh my God, you f***ing idiot. There's such an easier way to do that. <laughs> like, I nearly wanted to get up then and redo it just to prove that I could do it so much easier. Because like, I hand keyframed all of these things and there was like, I, there was literally no point in me doing so. There was such an easy way for me to fix it. Um, but... You live, you learn, I guess. You make these mistakes. Did you do it the second time? No. Well, the next time I do a video like that, because I will need to do animations like that in future, it's just like, I was trying to be clever and have, because you can you can map a flat surface onto a sphere in After Effects with a plugin. And um, basically I wanted to have the earth with like a temperature gradient over it. And then I have the jet stream animated over the top of it as like another layer. Um, but the problem is After Effects pretends it's a sphere. It doesn't actually represent it as a 3D object like in the computer. So stuff doesn't clip behind the way it should. It's just like a flat image. Um, and so I like manually keyframed out the bits of the jet stream that were supposed to be on the other side of the planet. Um, and oh, what I could okay. have done is just put the jet stream animation, which was on a flat surface, on the same uh, composition as the the temperature gradient, and it would have been mapped to the sphere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, because what I... I wanted was the jet stream to stick slightly above, and it was like it had a radius of a sphere that was like ever so slightly bigger, so it looked like it was floating above the surface. You can't tell in the video, and I just spent like two hours. Keep oh okay that's my next question is how long did that take you to do that okay two hours it was, that's, it was a, I, I, two hours is probably a bit generous it was probably about an hour but like it was time that i didn't have to spend um, yeah that's still a chunk for sure and the more you use it the faster you get well so that actually that does actually lead me on so um this will be of interest to dan I, I, do you watch the ox cast patrick at all uh no i've definitely heard the name a lot i, I have quite a few friends that uh that love yeah. the cast so that they they i mean I don't know where they stand in terms of like the rankings of YouTube gaming channels, but to me, they're like one of the big, really big kind of conglomerates. So, you know, like quite, quite popular. Um, but I filmed there um, two days ago. It was on, actually, I won't date the episode. Uh, I filmed there a couple of days ago. Um, and um, I was talking to one of their editors whilst he was making a thumbnail. And he was doing stuff that was like super technical stuff in photoshop exactly the same kind of thing that i do when i'm making my videos but he was just like talking to me at the same time whilst doing it about five times faster than anything i could (laughs) ever do and he was just because it's just practice he was like yeah it's absolute bullshit this thumbnail like i don't know why he's asking me for this whilst he's like cutting out with a with a fine bezier like this figure from the foreground and just just doing it so quickly without even seemingly paying any attention like wow. that that's the level i want to get to with making videos it's just they're like i it's almost like how in an anime someone's cans move like a blur 
like you know, <laughs> super skilled. That's what I want to look like when I'm using editing software. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. That's just experience, I guess. That's yeah. Incredible. Was bad mouthing what he was doing, which was my favorite part about it. Like he wasn't even really paying attention. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they're, they're a super cool bunch of guys. Um, I was really lucky to be able to film with them. Actually, uh, we were doing this video, which hopefully will be. A, um, out in probably about two weeks after this episode comes out uh, about flying mythical creatures. So, oh, that uh, sounds really fun. Like the biology of uh, like how how dragons' wings compare to bat wings, and something like a, how a griffin compares to an eagle, for example. And I did a bit of statistical analysis, like extrapolating from certain species of bird and like looking at the area of the wing compared to the mass of the bird and then trying to extrapolate that up to the size of a griffin kind of thing um and it was it was it was a really really fun project actually i'm really looking forward to it coming out um it's one of those videos that you hope is going to do really well because you just had so much fun making it that you want to make more um like i'm get i'm guessing you you have that quite a bit with your channel like do, do you have videos totally, where yeah you're just like please let this one do well because i want to delve down into this Exactly. I mean, most of it is like the topic is something I'm really interested in. Um, like a lot of the prehistory ones, like I did one about the Permian extinction and I did one about the, the Carboniferous era with the it's mm-hmm. super high oxygen levels and giant insects. And I just think that stuff is really fascinating. So I hope other people do too. Um, like you've not done but, any uh, microbiology topics, have you? No, I was, yeah, I was just going to say it, it kind of sucks because there's a lot of stuff I'm interested in that I just, I, I know people won't be interested in mm. uh, just because it would be so esoteric and no one will know what they're, what I'm talking about or know what I'm, what they're even looking at. Um, Cause like it, if I were to do a, an episode with like bacteria, I would love to, that's my specialty. That's what I know the most about and what I'm most passionate about. Mm. Um, but if I were to like show a clip of a bacteria, lysing another bacteria like it, people would not be able to tell the untrained eye would not know what they're looking at like it took me a while to even mm. be able to see things through a microscope and, and recognize them so to expect the general youtube audience to do that like that no it's not gonna happen people are gonna click away and be like oh, okay boring do you have and like that you... part of your brain though that's like if i do it really well though like if, if i make it really really well like people i'll make them interested i would love to and I hope to get there at some point. I've written scripts about specific bacteria and shared them on my Discord server to my like diehard fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they all agreed like, yeah, I get what you're going for, but like it doesn't seem that interesting. I, I think you should stick to animals. I'm like, yeah, fair point. Uh, I, I get you. Um, it's like how I'd yeah. love to do a video about the science of or the planets of uh, Warhammer 40,000, but I know that that video would do, <laughs> unless I do it super, super well, that video would never do well. Um, you know, right. I, can, I can hope. Or if it was like, if it was branded with Warhammer and you had some, yeah. like some more gut, like a, a helping hand with actually giving, specifically shoving that in the face of the target audience rather than just being like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's really nerdy, but there you go. That's why I'm, because one of the guys that I did the video with about the flying beasts um, was, well, actually there's two people. There's Mark Turpin, who's the CEO of the Oxcast, and he's been doing a World of Warcraft podcast for like 10 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like, all, I think longer actually. Yeah. I, he did actually tell me, and I can't remember the top of my head, but he's, He's, he's played Warhammer for like, sorry, not Warhammer, WoW for like the majority of his life. 
And so he's got like a huge community of people where like, oh, this guy, I did this video about flying stuff in, in World of Warcraft. It's like, that's hopefully like a guaranteed chunk of views. And that's like then an audience that gets ported over and you're just like, yes, I can do more about this kind of thing. Because like, I'd love to do a series about, you know, the science of video games and like, you know, the thermodynamics of fireballs or um, RNGs and like, you know, what does it mean for a number to be random <laughs> and that kind of thing. And like, I, don't I know, think it's just... a really good idea. And to some extent, I think, the channel game theory does a lot of that uh, yeah. where it kind of nitpicks with uh, like, Oh, does this make any, any sense? How this character does this or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's, it's like, well, this is the, now the dream Dan is that we, we can do videos about world of Warcraft and hmm. you know, Oh man, <laughs> don't even, don't even start. I'm already <laughs> starting to sweat with excitement. I cannot wait. It's going to be great though. I think because I mean, certainly I haven't, I haven't played in a while, but also to do what, I want this to be into like the the idea I had for this kind of series of, of maybe like three videos or something. Um, it's tying in stuff that readers of the podcast are already aware of, and that it's going to be directly re- referencing some amazing fan fiction that's been written. Hmm. But also, it's going back to like back to basics for the game, which is something that I don't you know I've I've, I've played since vanilla and gone right the way through. So um, I, I'm always looking. It's always kind of end game content. So changes that were made for a new player. I didn't necessarily get a great deal of. Yeah. Um, so to do it with, for me, it's going to be like, oh yeah, I remember this and oh, maybe I have done this before, but it's changed slightly, but then you're completely new. So it should be a good balance of, well, I can, I, I, I very much know what we should be doing and kind of guiding through. But um, yeah, it's, I, I just had this, I was basically, I was sitting in the library uh, procrastinating because I'd just, I'd been sitting in there for like four hours revising. I was like, oh, I'm just going to chill out for like half an hour and go get a coffee. And on my w- on my walk from like the bowels of X University Library to Pret and back, I was like, oh, maybe we could, maybe this is a, th- oh yeah, hang on. And then I opened up a Word document and started typing away all these kind of these ideas. And then I messaged you being like, hey, so part one, we need to do this. Introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got your script already written. Here you go. It's a couple of pages, but you'll be fine. <laughs> You know, it was, um, yeah, it should be really I fun. like the idea that it was like, well, I suppose exactly what you do, Patrick, is like referring to stuff as like, oh, that's end game content. So it doesn't really affect new yeah. users. It's like, <laughs> it's like referring to like, it's like when stuff changes in science. It's like, that's end game science content. The new users in science don't really get those kind of patch updates. It's like, right. it's very yeah. rare. Like, I think the last time that the game had a complete overhaul was like Newton, you know, Newtonian physics. When, when everything kind of got upheaved in like the 18th century, that was the last kind of update that really affected new users. Um, definitely <laughs> like, <laughs> so you kind of like a skill tree for scientists like i've definitely engaged like i've invested heavily in the anxiety and imposter syndrome perks uh, <laughs> like is that is that a thing you've, you've, you've specialized i really have like i took a quiz yeah. um that was like uh how much how bad is your imposter syndrome the other day and i got like 80 percent, and it was like borderline extreme imposter syndrome and i was like yeah but it's worse than that like because i don't think i really should have even been taking this test i don't think i'm enough of a scientist to merit taking this test and like, <laughs> i'm gonna chuck a peg in there i i did a quiz today um encouraged by Ed Dunn, who, who reads the podcast, will know. Apparently, he, he dropped into the Discord the other day and they were doing these quizzes and they recommended, he recommended me to do the, um, the BDSM test. <laughs> uh, and is I, it, uh, uh... It's it's terrifying is what it is. Like, what's um, the purpose of it? What, what's the, what, what's the kind of results can you get? So you've, there's two kind of tests you can do and I was told to do the really the thorough one and it gives you a percentage breakdown of all the various categories of bdsm and to what extent you are right that that category so as an example 
Um, I am. I'm a twenty-six percent masochist. Right. Um, seventy-four percent vanilla. That doesn't surprise <laughs> comes me. Comes as no surprise yeah. to anybody at all. But ninety-nine percent rigor. What does that even mean in a sexual context? Someone who likes um, tying people up. But it's rigor, as in like rigorous yeah, derivation. As in like no, as in like rigging on a oh, ship. Oh, rigging. Ah, <laughs> I've never okay. heard of sexual. This thing, before. though, this I mean, talk about specific. I mean, I would say there's maybe ooh twenty six to thirty. I can't count them that quickly, but different types, and you get a, a specific percentage on, on each one, and it's, it's mad. I was I was told to um I was told to do it, and I have, and I, I it was an interesting experience because you read some questions and you just go, I don't think you're allowed to ask that to people <laughs> in, in, anymore. That's not allowed. You can't. You really can't do this. Um, there was like one of them I specifically remember is on like page two and it says, do you like being used as a urinal? Went, <laughs> <laughs> it's like answer sort of on like a scale of like one to 10, 10 being strongly agree, one being strongly disagree. Huh. I, like, oh, I well, like having a... a cake in me, but I don't like being used as a, a urinal. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So Amazing. what? Put that like a two then, huh, Simon? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a two. Yeah, like, yeah. Caking, yes. Maybe. Peeing, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Never, never say never. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was it was terrifying. <laughs> wow. wow! I actually took wow. a personality test recently too. It was uh, I was watching this YouTube video by a, a YouTuber named Braincraft, uh, mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. she was she did this video like it was debunking personality tests, specifically like the Myers Briggs one. Um, oh yeah! And at, at the end, she's like, "This is the most uh, scientifically backed personality test." And it was like, uh, I think it was one. About the big five. Uh, the, oh, like is the it Myers biggest. Briggs? Is, is that that it's, one? It's not. It's not the Myers Briggs one. That's the. That's like the INFJ. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Kind of thing. Uh, and she, her video was about like critiquing that because I, I guess, um, people's answers change on that, so it's not really scientifically backed if if people's answers aren't consistent, right? Because hmm. uh, you know the key to any good study is. Uh, replicability, right? So, if you can't do that, yeah. it's not really worth mm-hmm. much. Um, but she she recommended this other one uh, that is about the big five personality traits, which are, ooh, can I get this right? I think it's extroversion, agreeableness, um, neuroticism, and oh, there's two other ones. Let me look this up. I mean, this this sounds you know highly scientific off the off the. Yeah. Map. Okay. So extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, neuroticism, and openness to experience. Mm. Um, and it was it was an interesting personality test. Nothing too crazy. They didn't ask me if I like if, if anyone pees on me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's test, my new bench. Yeah, safe to say. <laughs> but it was interesting. Uh, the results I that I got back were all like very average for all of the personality mm. traits uh, except i was high on extroversion and i was like extraordinarily low on neuroticism i guess mm. which means like i respond to, i don't really respond to stress like i don't get stressed out um mm. which kind of makes sense i guess to me but mm. um it seemed like a really good breakdown they broke down all the all the five big traits into uh even more and more increments and discuss them yeah. like, Oh, okay. For neuroticism, like how prideful are you and how, uh, angry do you get that kind of thing? What was the name of yeah. this test? Cause we'll put it in the show notes for people to try themselves. The big five. The big five. Oh, sure. Yeah. One, I think, 
I think I've done this one before. I've definitely done Myers-Briggs. I had to do that when it was in like the starting week of my IB course. They encouraged you to take it because they're like, oh, you know, find out more about your personality and then it may assist with study technique and stuff. I've definitely heard the big five personality test being mentioned before, but maybe this is one I haven't done. Okay. Okay. Yeah, big five, I think, is the the one. Yeah. I've done the Myers-Briggs one too. That's, uh, I think I got... Actually, you know, I've taken it more than once and, and like the video was telling me, it, my answers did change. Um, yeah, that one always did seem the very, introvert. yeah. Like, it's kind of one of the ones that kind of tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. Like, oh, these are all the things, like, yeah. oh, if you're if you're an introvert, oh, you're so, like, introspective and thoughtful. And if you're an extrovert, it's like, oh, just look at you. Aren't you just the life of the party, that kind of thing? It's a bit like a horoscope. Yeah, really... Those, those yeah exactly. Like horoscopes. They're just, yeah, you, you're, you've, no matter what description you, you get, it's just like, yeah, I do have, I do have two legs. Like, exactly. <laughs> every now and again, there'll be a person who reads that, like, well, that's awkward. <laughs> like, I lost this bad boy right. arm kind of thing. But, like, you know, they're, they're, they're so generic as statements go. Um yeah, they're they're like universally applicable. I have also just realised, by the way, just uh, just just to backtrack a second, my the joke that I made about cake earlier for female listeners, that's like <laughs> I may have to explain that flew one. flew way way across the head there. Just like um, yeah, urinals have these like centered things that claim them called, ca- and we they're referred to as cakes. Then if you go into a men's bathroom, they don't actually have like chocolate cake in the middle of a urinal. That's just to be absolutely clear about that. I just had this vision of someone listening and being like, "What the f- is he talking about?" <laughs> good, uh, good, good, good cover, Simon. Don't, don't, don't tell them about the, the free cakes we all have. Go, just got to cover all the bases and not let them in on the secret cake society. Right. Yeah. Thank <laughs> goodness. You almost blew our cover, Simon. What would you do if you just went into a public bathroom and there was? And imagine it would be worse if, like, if, if instead of urinals, it was one of those like trenches. And like, what would it be? Like a Swiss roll that's just the entire length. Of the of the, oh, the trough instead, you're just like there's so many names for these. I found so I found the Wikipedia article for urinal deodorizer blocks. Is that, is that? And yeah, <laughs> urinal yeah, it's amazing. Blocks, excellent. Yeah, and there's also called urinal cakes, para blocks, urinal mints, urinal pucks, urinal peons, uh, urinal biscuits. Yeah, which is quite good. Urinal cookies, hockey pucks, toilet pucks, toilet lollies, and urinal donuts. A toilet lolly. That that yeah. sounds like British slang for a penis. I'm not gonna, mm. I'm not gonna lie. No, it depends on the toilet you go into, I guess. But yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah. Wow, wow. I I never realised there were so many names. A, a peon mm-hmm. is probably my favourite though. That's very good. Yeah. Right. Wow, look at that. But yeah, I'm looking at this Wikipedia article now too. I guess they've they've changed their composition has changed. They used to be made of naphthalene and para dichlorobenzene, which are carcinogens. <laughs> Oh, uh, so they changed those. <laughs> they used to be made so out of asbestos, those. you know, before that as well. So just, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I guess they're made out of. Let's see. Can I find them made out of now? Quaternary ammonium compounds. That doesn't sound go. good either. No. I know. Yeah. Okay. So let's click on quaternary ammonium compounds and see what that is. I'm on that as well now. Also, also known, known as quats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, scientists and their names. This isn't a oh, part of so Wikipedia good. I thought I would ever be on. I'm not going to lie. At the very end of this appearance and composition, there's just a single sentence that says auto flush and or ice are sometimes used as alternatives. So what they're saying there is like, yeah, sometimes we just flush it though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Seems Thanks so like much. The, yeah. Or use like ice. The like, if you, I've never been into a bathroom that's had ice in the urinal. Like, because the first thing you're going to do is try and pee straight through that block of ice. 
Like it's mm. like it's like how if you if you're ever go if you're ever privileged enough to go and pee somewhere where there's snow, you obviously write your name in the snow. Like mm. that's that's just human instinct for for men anyway. Well, I don't know. Wow. I don't, I don't know if women do. Is that a thing that girls do? If they're very very good at like crab walking. No idea. You seem very confident that you're not the only man who does this as well. Oh come on! Put everyone who's listening to the podcast, put your hand up in public right now if you've ever written your name in the snow whilst peeing. Because I'm pretty sure that's basically that's super everyone. difficult. I I can't imagine trying to do that. That'd be really hard. You, you've got quite a long name, I suppose. Like if you just it, like if you have a name like Tom or actually Simon's yeah, all right, that's it's middle, fair. middling length. But like Dan, he he could be fine. You could probably you yeah. could probably go over it twice. Sure, yeah, yeah. Three letters versus yeah. seven. I actually cool. do mine in cursive script. <laughs> oh, there you go, Daniel. And there's like a big swish yeah. underneath. It. Well, that'd be easier because then you have to like stop and go, you know, because that'd be that'd be painful. You don't want that. Yeah, true. A block capitals D. Okay, uh, right. And, like take a step to the right. <laughs> yeah, hand me that water. I need to keep going. <laughs> Okay, we've descended way further than we normally do. I feel like we might have to have to take a skip over to to Critics Corner to save what's left of our modesty. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so truth be told, uh, readers, it hasn't been that long since we recorded the previous episode because I'm a, I'm currently, as you listen to this, I'm in a field in in Cornwall on a, helping out with a scout camp. So oh, it's very quiet. It is. Presumably, I don't know. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, and oh, you're in a. Fi- I, I see. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and so I haven't really had a chance to watch anything since the last episode, in which I kind of spurged about my Netflix viewing habits. Dan, have you had a chance to watch anything? I have. I have controversial. Oh, here we go. So, what was the what was the show that you recommended? I recommended The Good Place. Last yeah. Episode. Patrick, have you watched it? I haven't. Sorry. Well, I mean, don't you're not missing out on anything, Patrick. Oh, Ooh, yeah! I watched fire. the first episode and was like, "This is shit. <laughs> it's awful." <laughs> it was absolutely. I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's just kind of like inane. Kind of. I'm. Go- I'm going to watch the next. I'm going to watch at least until like episode three because I want to give it a chance. Okay, I'm not going to judge it on this first episode. Yeah, but I watched the first one and was eight, after about. 15 minutes i was like yeah this really is grating now i'm really not into this at all which is such a shame because when you pitched it to me last week Mm. i was like that this sounds really cool this sounds like right up my strasa um but it yeah i mean i wasn't do you think i described it inaccurately or do you just think that it's the way that they've done it isn't to your taste i think you oversold it okay i think you didn't play upon well actually you just you likened it to community yeah and in a, in a way, it is like that. And it's like aesthetic, but I think, is really what I meant by that. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, absolutely. So I, I took that to imply kind of not necessarily vibe, but the feeling that you have when you're watching Community. And the Community Excel works, you know, because I think there's a there's a a larger core character cast, hmm. or certainly from what I've seen at the moment. That's that will naturally change when you know you get more characters introduced. But I was watching, and I was just a bit like, oh, this is. It's really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. Which is weird oh. because the 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 the, the, the female star um, is in Parks and Recreation, and she's she's great. Oh, Kristen Bell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who plays Princess Anna in Frozen? Oh, she's in. I mean, she's like briefly in. She's not like a main character in Parks and Rec, though, right? No, but like she she's from that other that, that rival kind of town, isn't she? Yeah, um, Eagleton. Right. Okay. Yeah. Eagleton. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen her, and I've and I found her funny as like as a presence on screen. 
Um, so I saw, I recognized her and was like, oh yeah, cool. This is cool. Um, but I don't know. I, I was watching and just got really annoyed really quickly. As I say, I will stick it out and, and, and go until like episode three. I will definitely, and hopefully my opinion will change. I will definitely concede that it is like, an, it's probably an acquired taste. Like the style of it is quite unique. Um, mm. And it is, you either, it's a bit of a Marmite show, I guess. You either really like it or you really don't. I know Pixel Girl really liked it from what I showed her. And like critically, mm. I just looked it up. It's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think... It's probably in vogue, like it's probably kind of trending as a style at the moment. But you know, I can see that it's not mm. for everyone. But I, I really liked it. You should, you should watch it, Patrick. By the way, you, um, it's really. I think it's really good. Um, all right, all right. And so do ninety-one percent of uh, critics. Just saying. Um, but what's what's your front tomatoes? <laughs> Come on, mate. That's. Um... That, I mean, it's the, the critical response. Uh, the consensus is Kristen Bell and Ted Danson knock it out the park with supremely entertaining, charming performances in this absurd, clever, and whimsical portrayal of the afterlife, and it has a seventy-eight out of hundred score on Metacritic from thirty-two critics. <sighs> knock it, knock, knock it out of the park. I mean, come on. You've only watched one episode. Go, I wouldn't, Pipe down. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. Watch more episodes and then we'll talk. <laughs> I will, yeah. I, come, come the next record time of recording. I'm sure I will have watched at least until episode three. But okay, but yeah, so far not really for me. A friend of mine was uh, watching Chef's Table. Oh however, yeah, I've after been being like, oh, I heard you mentioned it in the podcast. You know, and uh, it was specifically that I think it's the fourth season they're on now, possibly the third. Um, but it's all devoted to um, chefs whose focus is like dessert. Yes, I've seen the thing on Netflix, the little thumbnail. Yeah, the, um, the, the, the she was she was watching the episode on the cereal milk woman. You know, I suppose. Oh yeah, the tea ago. cereal tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, yeah, she did a uh, cereal milk. Cereal. Oh, <laughs> 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 cough. It's been. I said yeah, so I said cereal, and she oh. she got excited. But- hey Siri, why are you interrupting me? All right, settle down, settle down. Settle down there. I've got to be careful when I get a Google Home because I'm going to get another one for The Office, I'm pretty sure, because I've been using the one downstairs. I use it all the time. Um, I've Mm. got to be careful if I have one in here because I will definitely just set it off randomly. Yeah, yeah. See, I normally I'm not too bad because I'll, I, I'll before before I'm recording or if I'm somewhere where I don't want Siri to go nuts, I'll put it into lower lower power mode and it turns off the Hey Siri function. You can still use it, but she won't hmm. like actively listen out for for the command. But. What about what about you, Patrick? What's your taste in TV like? What are some of your favorite shows? Mm. Um. So what I've been watching recently is Better Call Saul. Um, mm. Oh, I haven't seen any of that. I've wanted to. Uh, super good. I, I would honestly put it on the same. Same quality as Breaking Bad. Very different story, oh, wow. but the same yeah. like genius directing and, and storytelling elements mm. that uh, that Breaking Bad has. So it's been great. Ooh. I'm on season three, uh, and there are three awesome. seasons already. I swear, it only launched like recently. Oh my god! No, it's it been is out for a while. It's a pretty new show. I, yeah, rel- relative to like Breaking Bad, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's actually about to go into its fourth. So I'm happy to get into it and not have to wait super long once I finish my binge. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I, I had a, an experience recently that's uh, s- similar to yours, Dan. A friend recommended me a show on re- on Netflix, and I was mm. like, "This not only is this not good, I don't even like get how you like this. Like my friend, <laughs> my friend is like married man, hardcore Christian, recommends me this show. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like some – Chill, uh, I don't know, not 
offensive show at all. And yeah. and he recommended me uh, a show called Santa Clarita Diet, which is a show about a woman who turns into a zombie. Um, and it's wow. like it's it's not like crazy offensive, but it's like got plenty of of sexual stuff and and, and cussing. I'm like, huh? I would have not guessed that my friend would yeah. be that this would be my friend's favorite show. But yeah. all, aside, all of that aside, I was like, dang, this this is like a really immature show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading the, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia is Joel and Sheila Hammond are everyday suburban real estate agents in Santa Clarita, Florida. Sorry, um, California. Yep. The couple face a series of obstacles when Sheila has a physical transformation into a zombie and starts craving human flesh. Right, exactly. So now that's, the, that's a fairly serious, yeah, a very the show very serious problem. Into, the show devolves into this woman like figuring out which people she can eat and get away with and her and her tortured husband trying to like stay sane through oh all this wow. that sounds that's quite niche that's very it niche. is it's super niche yeah. and it's it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept like i've i certainly gave, gave it a chance i think i watched three or four episodes and it, it definitely mm. got better so there there are shows that definitely get better after the first few episodes like yeah, my favorite yeah. show one of my favorite shows of all time the office certainly a great example yes. of that like the first episode of the office is a snooze fest mm-hmm. um and to some extent, the first season of Parks and Rec even is at times. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm actually I'm really determined to watch the the American version of The Office because I, I like I, I go back and watch the UK one like very regularly just because you know I, I remember it was a thing that we'd watch as a family or like when my brothers had gone to bed and I was allowed to stay up a bit later, we'd all watch it because um, it's not exactly the kind of thing you watch with your kids because it's just so depressing and yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but I've 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 watched some kind of like compilations of the American Office with Steve Carell, and it actually does look quite good. So I'd like to. What I've seen yeah. of it because it's like a darling show on Imgur and Reddit is it like, mm-hmm. and I've watched I think a couple of episodes, and like from what I've seen, I've liked it. But it's I've not had that urge to go back and sort of binge it properly to get the mm. full story. But I might have to give it a go. Like it does, it doesn't use the same dry humor that the UK version does. Um, yeah. a lot of it is a lot more slapstick kind of thing. Uh, but I certainly enjoyed it, and I actually yeah, had a hard good. time with the the UK Office. I, I that's another one where I, I gave it a chance, and it was funny, but I don't know. It just the humor didn't resonate with me as much as the the American one did. It's Maybe too that's dry. Because I'm American. I got like it's it's so so dry as humor goes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's that. It's a kind of it's the kind of humor that I think is kind of ingrained in kind of the british culture you know like it's i think when when trying to show it to to, to people who haven't aren't right. used to it kind of experiencing that idea you know it's similarly with um uh to an extent extent like the python stuff and faulty towers and it's just this british it's like it's awkward and cringy and that's kind of what we are you know <laughs> um is that right yeah yeah pretty pretty much i just remembered actually there are two really massive things that i have watched not just the really disappointing netflix recommendation from simon but so far um i will stand by it to be honest look i'm going for it now i'm going to watch the other three and whether i like them or not i'm going to still say it's crap (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um i watched back to back um i watched uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri Mm -hmm. and the shape of water oh that must have been an interesting experience okay how was that it was it was really interesting. So I, I managed to, there was like, a, there was a deal on iTunes where you could rent the two 
uh, for 48 hours. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'll, you know, I'd like to watch those. They've, I've been meaning to watch them because, you know, I just never got around to seeing them while they're in the cinema. Um, Three Billboards was superb. Um, absolutely deserving of, of kind of, you know, all the awards and accolades that it received. Mm. Um, in terms of kind of enjoyment more, I enjoyed The Shape of Water more just because it was such an interesting kind of, it's, it's very, I, you know, like you watch it and you're like, this is clearly Guillermo del, oh God, <clears throat> Guillermo del Toro. Um, but the, the, the kind of style of storytelling feels different to what, the, the, to what he's done before. Um, the, the soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's also a, a weird, a love story. So naturally I think me being the soppy, hopeless romantic that I am, I'm going to be slightly more predisposed to liking that one than, than, um, <laughs> you know, three billboards, but it was beautiful that the, the, the kind of the visual spectacle was, it was incredible. The way they made this, this creature, this monster become almost like your, um, your Hugh Grant character, you know, like he, you know, this, the one understanding creature mm. in this world of, you know, it was, it was really interesting and a great, great world building. And yeah, I would highly recommend both of them, especially Shape of Water. On the subject of, currently... of romanticism though, this, this is, this is mm. a public a PSA for, I, I presume it's, I mean, it's definitely for UK Netflix. It might be for other places. Uh, Loving Vincent is now available on Netflix, which was the film that was Ooh, yeah, the, animated. The one, the hand-drawn yeah, one. Yeah, every frame is painted in the style of a Van Gogh um, painting, yeah. um, which I still haven't watched, but I it's, it went straight on my list as soon as I saw it was available because I'm... Wow. Yeah. yeah I'm that sounds really, like an extraordinary yeah. amount of work. Yeah, it took, it was like 180 artists or something. I mean, And even if you look at like the trailer, it is so... It's so unique, you know how how mm. it's it's just totally unlike any other film that, that I've ever seen before, and it's yeah. So I'm uh, that's that's a, a, an announcement to everybody. You should watch this purely because yeah, the number of hours that went into painting every single frame uh, is mm. kind of extraordinary. Um, but yeah, because they've added a bunch of new stuff recently. I went it was today. I went through and added um, a few things, including I, I I didn't have Annihilation in my list, um, which I've been told by everybody to watch. Uh, but yeah, I think that was. So, I was just looking at the loving Vincent just as a brief aside. It took them six years. Oof. Yeah, wow. it's just incredible. And apparently, they had like there were about five thousand applicants uh, for to help with kind of like you know like the painting and um, a total of sixty five thousand frames were painted. Um, but since artists painted multiple frames from the same shot, um, only a thousand a thousand kind of survived. Um, wow. Yeah, it looks amazing. I've been I've been meaning to watch that actually. I didn't realize it was on to Netflix though, so that's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm because I'm I'm going off on holiday um in a couple of weeks uh, as well with like mm. a bunch of friends for just like properly unplug. And so I am probably just going to take a tablet loaded with as many things from Netflix as as it will take uh, along with like a massive pile of books and just, you know, just try and uh, avoid going on the internet for two weeks if at all possible. Nice. That's a good call. Mm. Where are you going? Uh somewhere in in um it's like sort of south to central France. I can't remember the name of it. And even if I could, I probably couldn't pronounce it. But it's uh, a friend's parents have got like a, a villa there with a with a pool. And it's just a group of friends from school. We're going to drive down and basically sit around the pool and drink and probably play Dungeons and Dragons for like two weeks. Oh, man, that sounds like heaven. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Dream. Yeah, the last time, because we've been there, we've done this once before. And we went to the um, Remy Martin 
um, distillery where they make cognac. And it was a really, really interesting tour that we did because it's like, you know, it's like a, it's a vineyard like any, anywhere else where they make wine. They have loads of places where they grow vines and then they ferment it. But because it's a fortified wine, it goes through lots and lots of cycles and the barrels stay there for decades in some cases. And there's this massive warehouse full of these uh, oak barrels. I think it was oak anyway, full of cognac. And the air is so saturated with alcohol that the spider webs don't aren't linear. The, the spider webs are completely <laughs> chaotic because the spiders are drunk off their tits. And they they, <laughs> they let them stay there because obviously they eat pests and everything. But you look around and there's spider's webs that just go in every direction. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. I saw a, a picture one time. It was like spiders on different drugs. Yes, that was a paper, um, wasn't there? They tested them on like different substances. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the scientists who did that, like, they got good job funding. to them. They got funding yeah. to do that kind of thing. That's a, that's a genius proposal. Like, I'm, I'm jealous that I didn't get to be on that team because that must have been such a fun experiment to do. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes you read these papers and you're just there like, who approved this? But, but I mean, I'm really glad they did. But you right. know, somebody read for the applications and went, you know what? Yes, we are going to fund a study into exactly how far a penguin can poop. Like, we, the world exactly. needs to know. They're going to send a team of people on the SS um, David Attenborough down to Antarctica. Um, incidentally if you don't take the opportunity to buy SPF factor 20 sun cream and instead of over the SPF in a sharpie marker write D in front of it so you can be asking for the D20 each time uh, um, if you don't do that I'll be really disappointed in you that's good I like that well it was fun I, I should have actually asked um, Mark Humes uh, who was the other guy I interviewed at the Oxcast um, he's been a professional DM for a very long time I mean he's been playing Dungeons and Dragons for about 15 years um, mm. I should have asked him for some advice. I completely forgot. Oh well, but he was—he was awesome actually. We were—we were going through. We were working out how dragons would fly, um, based on because basically you can characterize how things fly based on the loading of the wing. So how much mass per unit area of the wing it has to lift and then also the yeah. aspect ratio of the wings and we were there with this giant model of an ancient red dragon that he had trying to work out the aspect ratio of its wings with like a tape measure and um you know approximating the wing area and looking up how much it was supposed to weigh in the monster manual um and it was it was really really fun actually just like t- the, the probably the dorkiest thing i've done in a very long time um but i won't i won't ruin what our conclusions were but it was actually oh darn it he he said that it's going to change he, ge- he genuinely said that's going to change how i dm in the future how i describe how dragons fly um mm. which is pretty cool um so sorry we've we've just got on to reviewing random crap at this point rather than stuff we've been watching <laughs> but we we haven't had that long to to you know talk about to to watch anything new i mean is there anything you've been else you've been doing recently patrick that you think's worthy of critiquing hmm so one thing that i've been uh kind of getting back into is watching uh the old episodes of teen titans uh the ah. the dc comics uh superhero show um because there's the new because one of the out. new yeah there's they they just had the the movie for Teen Titan the the kids cartoon version hmm. and then now they're I think they're bringing back the old uh, episodes I guess or or they're doing a new season of the that's a continuation of the old show which is really interesting right um so yeah that that's one thing that I've been um getting back into because I I was a huge Teen Titans fanatic when I was like ten. Um, love the show. Beast Boy is my favorite, of course, because he could turn into any animal, and uh, and I was super into animals. So I'm like, oh, he has all the 
abilities that every <laughs> single animal does. He'd be too overpowered in, in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one thing that I've been getting back into. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, shall we, just to keep things moving then, shall we, shall we pop along? I think, what is it next? I think it's time to thank our Patreons, isn't it, Dan? I believe it is, yeah. Top lad! And it's that time again for us to thank our patrons. I just said um, that. I'm just stealing my lines. Oh, did you, have you already done this? <laughs> no, no, but I finished off the last segment. Never mind. I finished off the last segment saying where we're going. It's like, oh, we're going to yeah. go off to Germany. Jingle yeah. plays. Oh, we're in Germany. Kind of thing. Okay, never mind. As you were... I think you should do it, mate. No, I don't no, want no, 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 you, you do, seem to have a pretty do, good you. idea of what you want no, this segment right, to be. Right. No, 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 it's fine. Don't no, you do what you want. I don't Patrick. <laughs> Somebody do it. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> After you, Dan. Sure, let's go. And it's time to thank our patrons. Um, this is the section of the podcast. No, we've already where, done this. Bit. You're supporting <laughs> That's on- what I was <laughs> Have you done so? You've you've said top lads. You've no, said, no, we said yeah, that. all the different ways to support patrons. It's... So you haven't done this bit. I did the bit that you just said. Fine, you know, I'm just going to step away. Right, I'm moving away. You do, you mate. Oh my God. Yeah, I've. Man, it's just such, such aggression. I don't is get he, it. Is he normally so? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he's. He he hasn't had a lie down today. Uh, all right. He's, irrit- he's irritable. He needs burping. He's just he's he's, he's gassy. <laughs> right here we that go. That's always true. Here we go with 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 feeling and emotion as 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 is deserved for our fantastic readers. Thank you so much for those who decide to put support us on Patreon. Some of you do it through our top lad tier. Some of us do it through supporting uh, Team Cat and Team Dog, which we'll touch on those results later. Um, but the top lads, um, your names are going to be read out now. Um, we're going to do it slightly different this week. So you're going to have a, a custom character and race in in the kind of nerdy style as possible um, assigned to you. Uh, so so without further ado, Kyle Much. I'm feeling like uh, sort of an orc paladin. Kyle's a very okay. noble name, but Much feels like kind of a, a, a brawl kind of type. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like it. Next up, we've got Isabel Ostrowski. I think that's got to be some kind of wizard. Yeah, yeah, definitely some sort of sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, sorcerer. So let's go. I'm going to go with a, a, an elf sorcerer. Nice. We have Ben Dent. He's got to be a warrior or something with a big club. Pendant. Well, Dent um, is, it makes me think of like uh, like Harvey Dent, right? Like a hero turned villain. Oh, yeah, true. So like a, yeah, like a, a, a tiefling or something like that. If you want, sure. to, uh, that, that'd be mm. villain turned hero, I suppose. Next up, we've got Connor Leavers. Connor, that's an Irish name, right? You could be like a, a, a leprechaun bard. <laughs> yeah, I was I, my the first thing I thought of was like a gnome engineer oh, okay, of some kind. Sure, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. then we got Patrick coming with the national stereotypes. Just like, oh, it could be an engineer, yeah. or alternatively, the pipes, the pipes. Don't, don't okay, so Brian. this 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 next one is going to be really easy. The name is Rory Healy. H e a l. So Rory, so he's got to be like some sort of race that can transform into dinosaurs. So he's going to be like a warden, if it was or a, or a cleric or something, right? If, yeah, if it was if it was World of Warcraft, he'd be a warden, um, which is basically like there's a werewolf. A, isn't okay. lizard folk? Is lizard folk a D and D thing? I think there might be a like human lizard type thing. Is there anything that's not a D and D thing? Like D and D has to have everything at this point. I mean, but it basically invented yeah. everything. So yeah, yeah. Oh well, if that one was easy, this next one's not going to be. Uh, the next name for you uh, to come up with a class for is uh, Marit Vakira Punya. What? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dra- Dragonborn. Nice. I like it. 
Yeah, that because the, the, the last name sounds like a dragon shout. Akira Ponyo, what? Yeah, there you go. Full surrender. <laughs> Our next name is Fee Gascoigne. Oh, Gascoigne? Oh, that's it. Yeah. There's a character in Bloodborne named Gascoigne. Um, yeah, yes, there is. So let's go with. What would be in, in Bloodborne? Like a vampire? Like a hunter? Or, yeah, or some kind a of like, or, or a pyromancer? Or a beast? Or, or, uh, yeah, mm. exactly. We've got another profession sure. lined up already with Henry Brewster. Okay. Okay, he's going to be like a Pandaren. Yeah, a Pandarian, like. Uh, yeah, on, so. But, I didn't think of that. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. He can specify specific. You can actually, in, in the pandaren monk class tree you can specify brewmaster literally as your class um, <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's fantastic. That's very cool. yeah uh, yeah drink with yeah, me yeah, friend <laughs> lewis watson now Sounds he like was an inventor of sorts he, right he really plugged his instagram to us as well like he was <laughs> he was very forceful with his instagram yeah. I mean, which race okay. which race would have a would have be like really big on instagram that'd be an elf like, elf. A, like a dry like a blood or a... elf or a, okay yeah like a mermaid, <laughs> a merfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just chilling yeah. at the beach. <laughs> yep. Um, next up, we've got Eric Davis. Eric sounds like a dwarf name to me. Yeah. Eric Davis, yeah. Dwarf. Yeah, I get that. If it was spelled with a K, you know. We've got Billy Toulson next, and I feel he's got to be like a human hunter. He'd be like almost... If it's Toulson, surely that's an, an engineer, like an inventor. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be an inventor of sorts. Obviously, I was thinking I was thinking Billy, and I wanted him to be like a, a hunter, but in like the plains, so basically like a cowboy. Uh, well, well, can't he be oh, both? Oh, I get so. Can't he be... Yeah. A cowboy inventor. Ooh, yeah. Ca- cowboy engineer. A, a hybrid class. Perfect. He's got a mechanical yeah. horse. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Next up is Elliot Conway. Conway, he's got to be like a rogue. Oh yeah, for right? sure. Um, he's can be he can uh, halfling a... rogue. Yeah, halfling rogue. <laughs> nice. Elliot, I have no idea how tall you are, but you're a halfling now. Ben McMurtry, is he going to be some kind of ent? Be yeah, I was, just, I was just going to say ent. That'd be that'd be <laughs> awesome. Cool. So he can be like a druid ent kind of kind of character. He'd be like an ent sorcerer. Next up is David Scahill, and if you want more flavour, I know that he's been studying in Iceland. So in my head, he's a Viking already. Yes, yeah. he's definitely like a Nord. Viking. Sure. Uh, we have the Moustache Man. What is this? So Moustache, I a guess wizard. maybe some kind of a, yeah wizard or a dwarf because they're well known for their their facial hair, right? Um, what about a half elf mage? <laughs> Elves have facial hair. Is that a thing? I actually don't know this. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if he's a half elf, he may he may. Oh, well okay, do. sure. Yeah. The top pass. Um, <laughs> not to, <laughs> not to get pedantic over the point. Right. Next up is Habiba Amjad. You know, he sounds like a real straight shooter, like just your classic swordsman, maybe. We haven't had any, any just regular human swordsman. I feel like you gotta get some representation, and I feel like Habiba, you're gonna... boring as fuck. <laughs> 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 you're just a human swordsman, and that's just the role you got. Hey, that's the class I would choose. <laughs> and next up, we have we have, as mentioned earlier, the one, the only hospitalized Dan Hanvey. He's got to be. Could he be like a medic? Or well, he well, is, he did engineering, no, right? Is, didn't he, he, Dan like... currently has a whole bunch of of needles sticking out of him, which I feel like is a very tanky role to have. Like if you've got sharp objects sticking into you from all different directions, you're clearly the group's That's tank. True. That's true. He's taking a lot of damage. He's still moving. So he's an orc tank. <laughs> yeah, an orc an orc warrior. We got your back, Dan. Next is Lachlan Woods, another ent. Surely. Yeah. Only... Yeah. Got Woods. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We have John Mannion. He's got to be human. Man is in his is in his last name. Um, sure. I was thinking, like, okay. a, if he if he was in a World of Warcraft, he's you know how oh no, that's Pillion, isn't it? If you if you have a um, second passenger on a motorbike, I was getting it confused with Pillion. I was I imagined him oh, like having one of those like 
steampunk kind of motorbikes that you can get. Yeah, the um, Mechnohog, I <laughs> believe, is the name of the mount. We said Manion, I was thinking of like minions. I was thinking of like a goblin or a kobold or something. Oh, we haven't had any goblins yeah, yeah. yet. That's true. Yeah. Okay, John's a goblin. <laughs> John, you're a goblin. Congratulations, Congratulations John. Uh, we've got Luke Thatcher. That's like a dead end. <laughs> yeah. Use the thatch. Luke, you're an end, but you've died. Sadly, very sorry. Maybe he's maybe he was he was raised again by. Well, a maybe he's like a guy who uses like armor that's made of bark. You ever play RuneScape? There's a there's a type of armor called split bark. That's just kind of making me think of that. Ah, get behind that. Uh, we've got Simon go. Torseth. I'll tread carefully. I think here. that's got to be got to be another Nord. Oh yeah, Torseth for sure. <laughs> the Skyrim belongs to him after all. Uh, we've got Alex Greer. Hmm. Mm. Maybe another another dragon type. Maybe not a dragonborn, but like a dragon dragon speaker or something. Oh, like a tiefling. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that's Shit. that's the D and D like dragon people, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I'm not okay. terribly up humans on with demonic ancestry. Oh, okay. What's the go. what's the Skyrim uh, lizard folk? Oh, uh, the Kaji. Oh, the Kaji. No, the Kaji are the, the cat people. Yeah, that's oh, right. The lizard. That's... Yeah. Um, um, uh, oh, Sips did the playthrough. And he, is it lie something? It's Argonian. Oh, Argonian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Throw that in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> we have Geordi Eschendal. He's got to be a bard. Uh, like from like uh, if it was if it was in the uh, Warhammer fantasy universe, that's like an empire, like a Renaissance Germanic bard. Mm. Yeah, he writes a very a particularly fine Te Deum <laughs> in his in his lore like backstory. It's a very very niche reference there to the composer Eric Eschenwald. <laughs> Moving oh, swiftly on, we've got Matt Maguire. If you re if you didn't spell Maguire M A G G U I R E and did it like M apostrophe like Maguire, then it could be like a like a troll or some kind of <laughs> you know. If you squint like at um, his name and then like close right. one eye, he kind of looks like he could be a centaur. <laughs> Let's do centaur then. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Jay Wright. Well, that's a paladin hmm. name. If, yeah, if, I was going to say yeah. like a paladin yeah. or like a politician. Maybe is there politicians mm. in? In D and D, I mean, not like so, politicians, I but mean, like that must di- be, right? diplomatic type classes, right? Yeah, you got yeah, yeah, I mean, you right, like, in, di- in diplomacy. He's all about being and... right. Yeah, there's yeah. that's yeah. is that kind of what the bard does, right? I suppose. Basically, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got wonderful Stephen. Can it be the most horrible character? What's the what's the most the most evil like lo- chaotic evil character you can think of? So, like an imp or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little baby an demon? <laughs> an imp is perfect. Yeah. It's like okay, a really ironic name. It's like, yeah. oh, don't go in the woods. You've got wonderful Steven there. And it's like little tiny imp-like thing that transforms you into, <laughs> yeah. into, into your Play rival you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get that naphthalene in there. <laughs> yeah. or no, no it, was, it, was, it was ammonium, right? Isn't that what we settled on, what they were made out of? Some sort of ammonium. Oh, yeah, it was now. something that sounded like it was going to be horrible for you, but... Apparently, yeah. apparently yeah. it's okay. Somehow less carcinogenic than naphthalene. So the next name I'm gonna I'll just leave this one to you, Patrick. The next name is Tapio Kirkinen. Tapio Kirkinen. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of like someone who who incorporates dance into their into their fighting technique. Um, That'd be a rogue, wouldn't it? Yeah, or kind of, right? wow, it'd be like a monk. Thinking like, like, like a... tap dancing, like someone who dances things into existence, like casts spells uh, with movement. I guess like a, some kind I, of bard. Like, a, like an avatar, like 
last year. Like an Airbender, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like a shaman, maybe? They could, they sure, get quite, sure. like, yeah. I like that. We've got uh, Davi Shram Vontobel. It's a fine imperial name right there. I feel I'm getting, like, vampire vibes from that. Oh, yeah, we haven't had any yeah. vampires yet, have we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that. And then last, but by no means least, we have Simon Vase. That's V-A-E-S, if you're curious. Okay. To me, that sounds like a dra- like a drain eye. In, in in wow terms anyway but but is that a they're like a, they're a really they're a really ancient no no they're like they're the ones that look like they've got like octopuses on their octopodes sorry on their faces um they're they're super ancient and know loads about um the light and yeah they're just very very wise that sounds like Did you say octopodes that's the that's the technical uh, isn't it octopodes is the is the cause there's like uh, there's I mean, there's several different equally correct ways to say that i've just never heard someone actually use octopodes or octopodes <laughs> i would i mean I've, i would i'd say i'd say octopodes he's the classic okay, student okay. here so, that's cool yeah. there you go i mean if i'm the classic student, it definitely wouldn't be octopodes but um but yeah octop- octopodes um octopuses. Is, i think oct- he's talking about octopuses, octopuses gonna, guys no so one's this, gonna so no one's gonna take you seriously type, uh... octopodes i was gonna say that <laughs> That, wouldn't that be right? Because it's Greek. That's, it? a, that's a fun way yeah, to say but, it for sure. But, I go but, with octopi I mean, still, but octopodes is definitely a fun way to say it. There's plenty of still like butchered Greek that we still have in the English language and we just change it. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds a bit ridiculous. English, because we're just too lazy to change. <laughs> there we go. This is how it's pronounced. And that, that brings an end to our, to our top lads, um, but we should check in. Um, oh, with our yes. team cat team dog polls it's it's still not looking good i mean to be fair it hasn't been long since our previous episode team cat has um, clawed but, it back a little bit there are 29 patrons for team cat to 36 patrons have. for team dog so that's all yeah we've made some ground back are you a, a cat person or a dog person patrick oh dog all the way oh Definitely. yeah good man sorry <laughs> god damn it well, if you'd like to prove Patrick to be incorrect, as he is, then do go to patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. You can pledge a dollar a month to Team Cat. Don't, there's a button there that says you can pledge to Team Dog, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. Don't, don't use it. Um, it works very well, actually. We've got uh, 36 people to confirm no, that it is. It's full. It's full now. There are no more Team Dog spaces available. There are only Team Cat spaces available. So do put your dollar a month for Team Cat. You pay for our hosting. You pay for our donation to the Wikimedia Foundation. And you pay for us to be able to travel to make content. And in the near future, possibly paying for uh, editing for stuff for the Spongy and Electric YouTube channel uh, so that Dan and I can make more stuff together. So mm-hmm. it really does make a massive difference. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You make the show possible. Top lad. Am I going to be able to do an introduction or are you going to rip the shit out of me for doing it <laughs> the way that you want? No, no you, you go ahead, man. Thanks. Cheers. So we find what ourselves the in crisis. What are you doing? There you go. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. We find ourselves in Crisis Corner. This is a, the segment where our, our dear readers uh, email in, it's all anonymized, um, and they may be going through um, some kind of form of struggle or just kind of in a, are in a bit of a crisis, uh, hence the name. Um, ah. So we're going to try and see if we can give some helpful, yeah, yeah, some helpful advice. Uh, so we have an email here from this week. It's from Anonymous. Um, they say, Dear Simon and Dan, I'm a sixth form student struggling to motivate myself uh, to work over the summer for various things related to applying for medical school. 
um, due to various mental health issues, namely depression and anxiety, which are not exactly helped by my family who seem to have little understanding of mental health. I was wondering if you lads um, of the highest order had any advice on how to motivate myself with these issues. I know something similar was asked in episode 30. Well logged. Um, uh, but Dan was absent, and I think it's ac- acceptable to ask again. Furthermore, um, I'm firmly team dog uh, due to being mauled by one as a toddler. Me too. Um, Wait, why does that make you team dog? <laughs> because I think you learn to pre- you've 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 gone from you just support. I've spoken about my phobia of dogs. Like I had a really really quite crippling phobia of of, of dogs until maybe like, until I was maybe fifteen sixteen, um, and then I happened to live in a house for quite a while with another family that had a dog, and uh, since then I've I've fallen in love with the with the with the beast. Um, uh, Anonymous uh, wraps up and says, "Love the podcast. Thanks for the non content." Uh, so, mental health um, and advice on motivi- motivating themselves through working over the summer, dealing with mental health. Um, it says here that the that the kind of the family aren't uh, seem to have little understanding um, of the issues that Anonymous is going through. So, what do we think, everybody? I mean, Patrick, you're uh, you're, you're the guest. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, man, I'm like really unqualified to answer anything about. Oh no, don't worry. Honestly. So are we. Like the, the whole point of this section is that we give advice. We have no clue what we're doing so well, <laughs> i don't know that sounds dangerous <laughs> yeah, nobody actually listened to the advice that we're giving here this is just for us to, to pontificate and feel good about ourselves to be honest okay okay well <laughs> so they said that they're they're trying to get into med school and they need to motivate themselves to do that okay work over the summer yeah for applying to med school primary primarily the uh ukcat oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah yes okay so that's like the mcat i'm guessing yeah um gotcha okay one of my friends actually just got into med school and she had to do the mcat and man it was definitely difficult for her Uh, yeah because it's a lot of stuff outside because you know for most subjects you you know you do you get the grades and you might do a little bit outside of the class but really it's based on what you do in school whereas it feels like for medicine you the only way you're ever going to get on is to do a buttload of work off your own back in your own time yep that's exactly mm-hmm. it. And, and very diverse topics, too. It's not just like the MCAT isn't, it doesn't quiz you on anything related to medicine, really. It quizzes you on just prior knowledge about chemistry and math and, and biology and things like that, hmm. which is a lot to learn, no doubt about it. Um, but I mean, I think you are qualified to answer this, though, Patrick, because as someone who you work for yourself, you know, you have to motivate yourself to get up in the morning and, and work. How do you motivate yourself? Um, I guess it, the advice I would give is remind yourself of the stuff that you really love about any of the topics um, that you have to study or remind yourself about what you love about medicine or, or going to med school. Um, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure is going to be really boring and really painful about studying math and studying biology, but there's a lot of interesting stuff too. Um, being able to, if you have to do like chemistry calculations on the MCAT, being able to do those is genuinely cool. Being able to figure out which which chemicals do what and um, and how to like convert or synthesize a, a, a given molecule that's hmm. amazing stuff. And it might seem boring to learn, but it is really cool and respectable. Hmm. So if you can motivate yourself to like appreciate that, it might help a bit. I don't know. So I mean, basically, you're saying is to to zero in on not necessarily the application, but just like kind of take a step back and be like, this stuff is really cool. Like, refine what you find interesting about it in the first place. Yeah, because yeah. like if you're if you're trying to if you just see it as like a means to an end, 
a really long, arduous uh, task that's going to take you super long time, and yeah, that's a terrible, not a terrible way, but it's like a, a depressing way to look at a long task. Whereas if you see the journey itself as having some value too, it can be better. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Dan? Because you're motivating yourself at the moment to study when I'm guessing it's not really what you want to do right now. Not really, no. Um, It's, you know, it's a lot of it is kind of, you know, it's a necessary evil for some of the stuff, especially given when, you, you know, when you're revising for certain specific areas that might not, you don't have those kind of passion points. Um, I th- you know, there's so much to be said for delayed gratification. I think when you really f- kind of accept it and understand it and realize that, you know, like, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a bit painful now, but in the long term, it's going to be so much better. Like I'm, I'm focusing on me walking out of my last exam, um, and, uh, and how kind of elated I'll feel and how much more free I'll be. And I'll, you know, I can finally actually kind of think it's okay to kind of enjoy my August because I've been spending so much time just, just, you know, working. Um, I think the, the, you know, like the, the, the recommendation to actually kind of reconnect with what you find really interesting and, and what you, what you have a passion for, um, and then using that as a kind of, um, as a way into preparing for, for the this this UK CAT thing, um, I think you know, like when you've got things like mental health uh, that can be getting in the way of that, it makes everything so much harder. Um, it's it's really I'm really sorry to hear too that 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 they're kind of from a family perspective, they they their kind of little understanding probably isn't helping that situation. So I don't know whether steps could be made to maybe try and engage them more in conversation about why you're finding it difficult. And maybe if you say that you know like I'm I'm, I'm really interested about about applying for, for for med school and I I need to I need to kind of go through this time now and I need to be working and I need motivation. Maybe they could provide. They can they can help you there if you say I can't do it all by myself because yeah. um, I've I've got these kind of other issues. I can imagine um, the kind of things that your family are probably saying, which is something like you know you don't you're not depressed you're not you don't have anxiety you just don't want to work like people and it does seem to be kind of a generational thing don't really yeah. seem to understand that mental health is just as much a thing as physical health, um, mm-hmm. you know yep. and it's I mean you know they don't if your family don't understand it's important that you understand that other people do you know that, yeah. that you know in the community of the, the podcast i mean um if you're in the discord um i'm sure that's a that's a ready-made community of people who get it who understand yeah. that you know depression and anxiety can be completely crippling and you know it's not just oh i don't feel like working today it can be something that is completely debilitating um you know, in terms of, I think the advice that's been given so far in terms of, you know, look, keep your eye on the horizon. If it's not something that you, you know, intrinsically find interesting, then kind of delay gratification. But, you know, try and find what you can interesting about it. In terms of the mental health issues, um, I mean, I think an important first step is recognising that they are legitimate, that it's not just Mm -hmm. you being weak. Um, It is completely you know, an accepted fact that people can be depressed and can have anxiety and that does affect your work. And just accepting the fact that it's that's happening to you and it's a real thing is hugely beneficial in, in my experience. Um, kind of, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, but without the negative connotations, you know, how they say to alcoholics, like, you, the first step to getting better is to realise that you have a problem. 
And I think in a similar kind of way, if you have depression, if you have anxiety and it's preventing you studying, you're making life worse for yourself if you just say to yourself, oh, my family's right. I'm, you know, I'm just a bit sad. I just don't particularly want to do it right now. Um, you know, recognizing that that's a thing and then taking the steps and talking to people who do understand, like people, for example, in the Wikicast Discord or people on this very podcast, um, you know, we get that it's a problem and it's okay to struggle. Um, the, uh, what's not okay is just to give up I think as someone who's kind of gone through mental health issues relating to studying, it is not okay just to roll over and give up because there is always hope in these situations. There is always something you can do that is constructive and is good for your, you know, the, the work that you're doing and for your mental health. Um, you've just got to kind of keep trying, keep digging away. And yes, you're going to have bad days when it does become overwhelming. And it's, you know, it's all that you can do just to kind of read a couple of notes, you know, and not actually do a huge amount. If that's all you can manage, that's okay. But it's just keeping on moving forward and, mm -hmm. you know, saying, yeah, I've got this stuff going on. It sucks, but I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to keep working and yet I am this thing, but I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm not going to let it define me. Um, you know, it's it's the, the key thing which I got from, I was an interview with Archbishop Desmond Tutu is that there is no situation which you can say there is absolutely totally devoid of hope there is always hope in any situation you've just got to find it hold on to it and keep your eye on the horizon like Dan says I think too just from a point a general point on um motivation for me um motivation and my kind of productivity is has a direct relationship with my surroundings so if I'm, if I'm, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm working downstairs in my house and the house is, you know, like the downstairs is a little bit cluttered or I can see that, oh, I really should, I need to, I need to hoover or I need to, I need to, you know, do it, have a clean or something. Um, I'll do that and I'll use that. I quite like cleaning and hoovering and a bit of housework. Um, I find it quite cathartic. So I'll do that and then I'll find them in a better, better headspace to work or actually taking myself out of a home environment and going away. And as I say, what, my, what I, what I tend to do is kind of lock myself away in the bowels of Exeter university's library and just having that change of place and going somewhere where you feel that, you know, it's, it's conducive to work. Um, like like a public library or, mm. or you know or somewhere working outside you know take, taking stuff out and even if it's just reading um certainly for for an english and classics degree like what i'm doing um a lot of it is essay writing but you can only write good essays when you've read interesting things so just going away and, and, and taking some reading out and you know um and doing that so your 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 environment will have a, like a really strong effect i think on, on your productivity yeah well, I hope that that was at least somewhat useful, Anonymous. Mm. I, th I, th yeah. I think, you know, in terms of you've got two people here who work for themselves and a guy who uh, is forcing himself against his will to spend a lot of time in the library. So hopefully we know what we're talking about when it yeah. comes to motivation. Check out the Discord too. Definitely. Uh, if you haven't already, um, certainly from kind of from a from a motivation, but also mental health point, if you're, you know, to, to have a little bit more support on that, which probably sounds like it would be a good thing, then, um, then yeah, they're, they're, they're an amazing group of people over there. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Patrick? Just good luck to you uh, on the MCAT, or the, the UKCAT, I think is what you said. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Tough test, but I mean, it's very doable. So good yeah. luck. Cool. Well, in that case, should we, should we take a, a slight... It's, it's, it's really a low fence. These, these, these corners are very connected. But should we just yeah. step over that a low fence? A small hurdle. It's like, it's like a model uh, village, like at the end of Hot yeah. Fuzz. You're just going to step over that garden hedge and yeah. find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. Oh, really, really, really. 
So we have uh, a couple of emails that have come in, and a few of them are aimed at our guest. So you know, awesome. prick your ears up, Patrick, because I think this is going to be. If you've, I mean, you've listened to the show a bit, so you know what to expect from our, our dear readers. But uh, this should be fun. Okay. Anyway, um, quizzing me. Our first email is from George. It's from Hacking Ready George, and um, he's he's actually emailed in not text, but he's taken a picture, uh, seemingly of him writing this on the back of a receipt. Um, I don't know if you're looking at this down, but it's it's quite something. Um, yeah, it is. Hacking Ready George writes... It. It's a lovely script. Dear Simon and Dan, I haven't emailed in a while, but I hope I made it with the occasional Wikicast meme on Twitter. Yes, you, the memes have been exquisite recently. The, the, the tides of memery have been excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not emailing about anything in particular. I just have a bunch of questions. Note these questions are in no particular order. Well, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, what is your opinion on pandas? Patrick, any opinions on pandas? Oh, that's a great question. Pandas are really they're struggling right now not gonna lie they're they're not in the greatest position in <laughs> in the meta no. like in the meta in in like in the wild they're they're definitely struggling they are um, they have just been so, upgraded though like they're not critically endangered anymore i think that they're, they're just you know in quotation marks endangered like their, their numbers have been been, yeah. love, love upgraded i'm thinking of like some weird panda like cyborg yeah. <laughs> like digimon it's, it's yeah like, yeah or like deus ex um sorry go on right Pandas are, they're one of those species that people want to save just based on virtue of being cute, which I think is kind of the wrong way to look at preserving the ecosystem around us. Hmm. But at the same time, like if they're the only thing standing between like the Chinese government and cutting down thousands of miles of bamboo forest, then fair enough. Um, I think the, the resources that have been invested towards trying to get them to breed in captivity is a little bit ridiculous um but overall like pandas are, are fascinating and amazing creatures uh, I, would, I would hate to see them go extinct so but they are you know, ecologically pretty much useless it's like trying to trying to keep them from going extinct has its benefits like you say like trying to you know stop the chinese government from completely not giving a shit about the environment but right. you know it's not quite the same as conserving species a lot further down the food web um like i don't have you have you heard of the charity durrell i i haven't no okay so they're a charity i've worked with them before who do conservation of species that are spectacularly unglamorous so they save okay. species from that's extinction. really important work yeah they, they, they call them little brown jobs they're just like little they're like ducks or frogs or rodents I see. species that nobody cares about because they're not cute like pandas but if they were to go extinct there'd be huge ramifications on you know, yeah, the, the I, I know one big keystone species is the mangrove tree, mm-hmm. which allegedly is like really gross and, and damages structures. And also, I think I heard it smells bad too. Um, <laughs> but it's also like the central hub of life for mangrove forests, of course, uh, mm-hmm. which are with which preserve like a massive portion of Earth's biodiversity. So to lose that. Um, just because people don't like mangroves would be catastrophic. Dan, do you have a strong opinion on pandas? Pretty impartial, to be honest. I don't. I don't mind them. Did they ruin uh, the I'd be, craft? I'd be very sad. Oh, they absolutely did. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was such a dark days. Dark days. Um, I'd hate to see them go. Pandas, not like oh, pandarin in World of Warcraft. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't have a strong opinion of them. Um, I am accepting of pandas now. 
Considering that George didn't know who our guest was when he wrote this email, this next question is astonishingly prescient. Because the next question is, do you like ducks but have an irrational hatred of geese, or is that just me? <laughs> uh, Patrick, what was your last just, video called? My, my last video call was called Our Geese OP. Amazing. Uh, so that's hilarious. Nicely done. <laughs> I mean, geese do suck. They are they are the worst. Geese are so rude. I, I drove past a... Uh, it was like three geese. They were just hanging out by the side of the road. I drove past them, and one of them like stuck its wings up and puffed its chest out and was like, "Come at me, bro!" In my, I'm in my car. I'm like, "You did you just like challenge my car to a duel? What are you doing?" Yeah. Um, so it's, geese, they just they just have so much. They're they've got guts. Uh, I'll give them that. They're the worst. Ducks are ducks are cute. I, I like ducks. That yeah, geese are so rude. I I like geese just on virtue of them just being so gutsy but yeah. they are like i don't like how much they poop on everything and make it so going to the park becomes traversing a minefield it's like a life yeah. or death struggle when you're walking past yeah it's like that scene in the birds when you're stepping carefully between and just like hoping the geese don't you know decide oh yeah f- that guy and just attacking you i haven't had like any terrible experiences with geese they, they've definitely like hissed at me before but none of them have like dive bombed me or anything thankfully. i've been i've been full-on attacked by geese when i was a kid have you yeah, okay because like, like they they probably bite you they really go for you if they if they want to you up they they do you know they, definitely like I, I there's a specific place in exeter as well dan you'll know where i mean where by the river there's a pathway that's just been taken over it's like gang territory for geese and worse than the geese <laughs> swans if you swans want to walk, are so much worse <laughs> if you want to walk down this bit it is like taking your life in your ha- your own hands because there's like a two foot span of footpath left for you and if they just decide they're gonna bite you they're they're gonna do it it's oh. see I just talking. I, I I may not have an opinion on pandas, but the mentioning of swans there, I do have an opinion on swan. And my opinion is this: I don't know why, but I've always had. I've for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to eat one, because in the UK, they're they're <laughs> like the su- you can only eat them if like, the only the only the kind of royalty um, yeah. can can eat eat swans, um, which is just ridiculous when you think in the twenty first century what the hell's going on. But um, yeah, I've. I mean, they're majestic creatures. They're beautiful, and they're also just real little shits. So, if one did come at me, and I, I just really want to eat one. Now, if anyone can hook, if anyone can hook me up with a dead swan, <laughs> um, send us an email at spongyelectric at gmail dot com. Have you ever um, tried goose? I have had goose. Yeah. Oh, okay, I imagine it's probably pretty similar to that. But did you like it's, that? It was. It's goose is delicious. We usually have goose at Christmas. Now, oh, it's, okay, um, yeah. It's funny you should mention about the the queen can only eat swans because this is a personal favorite fact of mine. This is also on Wikipedia. I'll include a link in the description to this. There, um, there's such a thing as royal fish, which when landed, when they 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 uh, go on land in the UK, they immediately become property of the monarch. Um, so, mm. for example, there's a uh, apparently it dates to Edward the Second that the king owns the head of any whale that lands in the UK and the queen owns the tail. Wow. And um, it's, um, there was a, yeah, here we go. Um, In Scotland, the monarch's property right um, applies to whales too large to be pulled to land by a wain pulled by six oxen. That's the specific like terms of the law that if the, if you can't pull uh, a whale to land by with six oxen, then it belongs to the monarchy. (laughs) Nice. I I love some archaic measurements. God, God save the Queen. Um, in practice, yeah, this is interpreted absolutely. as requiring the whales to be over 25 feet long. 
which is much less much less interesting. Um, but yeah, there you go. It's another thing that only belongs to royalty, um, uh, along with the blame for the death of Princess Diana. Um, there were some other questions here. Um, oh, do you regret dabbing in that live stream? Yes, I do. Hacking bloody George. Um, <laughs> do you ever consider doing a series where you film someone else's journey through a PhD like Brady Haran did? Oh, no, I've, I've already subjected the world to one too many PhD, uh, you know, th- via vlogs. So, yeah, like, it'd be kind of fun to do it in the style of, like, The Office, where it is like a fly-on-the-wall documentary, but, like, constantly following someone around for four years. Sounds like a, I, I, they'd end up killing me. Um, and um, one final question. What's the smallest positive integer that's never been used? Bloody hell, George. Um Wait, what? So basically, you know, positive integers are any, one, two, three. Yeah, four. yeah, I get that. So then like, why the saying, question? Like, come up with a number that no one has ever come used up with before. before. Yeah, I reckon it's a stealthy one, like eighteen. But no one's ever, no one's ever, uh, no one's ever used one of the really low-ranked numbers. It's just snuck in under the radar. Um, that's a really interesting question with no way that I can give you an answer to it, George. <laughs> So thanks. I mean, 18, 18 is used all the time in like legal drinking laws, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be something like. Hmm. I actually see why this is quite a good question. Now. Yeah, put a number to it, Dan. Go it's, on. it's quite, it's quite thought provoking. I'm going to go with fifteen. <laughs> well, no, because you get fifteen. You get like fifty. You get like fifteen miles an hour signs, don't you? Yeah, but I, I think like, he, he more means just like, you know, in any practice, what is a positive integer that's never been used for something? Like it's never been spoken ever at all. Like, or uh, even like seen. 586,129. I'm just going to Google that. Has anybody used that before? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a pin code, apparently, for somewhere in India. <laughs> just add uh, one and use that. Yeah, it's just, I'm just going to keep adding ones until Google gives me nothing. Um, that's a mobile phone for someone in Texas. Can we just cheat and do like N plus one and say that George can pick N <laughs> and then leave it? That's cheating. Uh, wow, this is actually a really interesting question. Oh, we can't actually do N plus one. N plus one is a New York-based American literary magazine that publishes social, crit- social criticism. For sure. Can't, use it, can't even use that. Uh, oh, there went that. I'm keeping it on adding one. I'm down to nine Google results. Uh, none! Okay, right. Uh, 586-129-11111 didn't match any documents there you go George that's an answer brilliant that is such an hang on so what, what is that that's 111 911 that's 58,600,000 no 58,612,911,111 no one's ever used that number before apparently that's a number brilliant well done everyone <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've got an email here from Zaza saying, Dear you two lovely twats and the mystery third one. Um, I hope you're all having the fantastic day that you each deserve. It's been a while since I've written to Correspondence Corner. Since then, I've been accepted into the Open University. I'm about to start st- uh, studying history in October. Oh, hey! Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, I was wondering if you could give me any spicy tips for my journey ahead, uh, as I'm very new to the world of university-level study. I'm going from no qualifications to uni-level study for many reasons. I was unable to take any. I've been a homeschooled student for years. I study for fun, so I'm used to studying on my own and in this environment. Um, But if you have any advice for all of... um, 
If you have any advice at all for me about university level study, that would be muchly appreciated. Uh, also, you might remember about a year ago, someone emailed in asking if you could knit Harry Potter Weasley jumpers for your two and then never knit them. That person was me, and I'd like to apologise oh. because at the time I was broke as f and massively under underestimated the price of wool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a year later. I'm still broke as f but I've acquired some wool with which to knit a jumper for Dan. If Dan could please remind me of his chest measurements, oh, hey, I can get cracking and it'll be done to, and send it away by Christmas. That would be amazing. It's a triple A cup and you're like, what, a 26 <laughs> chest? I'm a twent. Well, I'm... You've got probably, like a pigeon boy chest. I'm not a 26. Um... I'll check. I'll check my jumper and I'll check the measurements and I'll send them I'll send them your way. Um, Simon, if you remind me of your chest measurements too, I should be able to get yours done by Christmas as well. Uh, forehead size down from Dan's forehead. Oh, it was Dan's forehead. Oh. Yeah. Right, so Patrick, we, they've heard studying advice from us till the cows come home. What's your advice for someone who's going to go off to university and, you know, like this is obviously a completely different level of study from what they've experienced before. Okay, yeah. Uh, my favourite tip uh, to give people is to... Uh, get with a group of friends that are good students. Like, you, I'm sure that person has friends who are not the greatest students. Like, it's okay to have those friends too, but definitely get your core group of, of, of smart friends. Um, and what you should do to study for exams is make practice tests for each other and then grade them for each other. That is my number one. It got me through so many classes, um, and it worked extremely well. The amount of times that I've gone to an exam and like laughed because I predicted what was going to be on the exam and like had already written that question and the answer to it. Um, oh, it that's such a good strat. I'd never thought of that before. And, and obviously, you know, you can do that. It doesn't even have to be people that you're physically IRL with. You could do it via Exactly. Yeah. You can, you can send tests to each other. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good tip. I, I can't come up with anything that, that holds a candle to that. I, you know, um, Keep a keep a, a diary if you want to do spaced repetition. That is, I, in my experience, the best way is, uh, to keep stuff fresh in your mind. Um, I've got a video about how to study effectively. I'll I'll link that in the show notes. Um, yeah, Dan. I guess well, it's it's very dependent on. I suppose history, in many ways, is similar to doing a degree in English and classics, and that you'll probably find yourself doing a tremendous amount of reading. Hmm. Um, so just remembering to not only read because you have to, but read because you want to. So let that dictate either what you're reading as like a break or something for fun on an evening, or also when you're looking through various different um, like scholarship, if you see a title that jumps out at you that you might at first think, oh, this could be a little bit too far left or right to to actually be kind of bear any relevance on what I should be reading about, give it a chance because you're more in, you're more likely to find a interesting connection and then probably write a better essay. I mean, I'm still reeling from Patrick's advice. I mean, you should do a studying channel, Patrick. Not me. I, I feel like I can. I can recommend a studying channel. Uh, look up the channel Tibes. Um, T i b e e s. She has a great a great channel about studying and how to. And how of to course, study we'd be remiss to not mention Thomas Frank's channel, College Info Geek. Yes, College Info Geek is also really good. Really, really good. And and also Tom Tom's recommendations for for a couple of episodes ago. Um, the post-it notes. Yeah, which is, when you need I to read a, really a chapter, idea. just put a post-it note, and you're not allowed to take it off your desk until you've read a chapter. That was another yeah. one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, best of luck. Open, I've got so much respect for people that do through the Open University. For um, Patrick, for your benefit, that's um, 
uh, uni by correspondence, so people can do it part time. Oh, I see. And it's, oh, okay. it's like for adult learners, and you know, it's it's super super hard. And you know, people people do graduate all the time. I'm not trying to put forehead off, but you know, it's I have so much respect for people that do it that way because it can be so isolating. Um, but hats off, forehead. You, I know you've got it in you. Yeah, that's luck. And then lastly, we have an email from the one, the only. Dan Hanvey, written from his very nice ensuite room in the uh, Bristol Royal Infirmary, which I visited, and he was wearing his To Do Calculate shirt, which was a nice touch, Dan. Um, uh, he writes, Musings of a medicated madman. No idea if this will make it in time, but good day, sirs assembled. I am led to understand that you have a fine guest joining you in today's perambulation through the backwaters of Wikipedia. Since I'm currently in a medical mindset, I thought I would turn my thoughts to the future of the human species. The scenario. We've developed DNA augmentation techniques to the the level where we can grow or graft on appendages and abilities from animals. What animal capability would you graft onto yourself and why? Flying would seem the obvious choice, but good luck getting shirts that would fit your massive wings. Great to see you the other day, Simon. Likewise. And Dan, I hope to see you again soon. Your wheezy pal, Dan V. Oh, love you, Dan. Wow. Well, we'll see. We'll try and see you soon. As soon as I'm if I've got some free time post exams, I'll come up and um, come up and say hello. Well, I mean, this is a, a tailor-made question for you, Patrick. If you could graft mm, yes. on appendages, that, is, that or... is such an incredible question. Excellent job. Okay, not gonna lie, the first thing I thought of was definitely wings. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're you're considering all the options when it comes to wings, though. Uh, like, yeah, it would be difficult to to fit bird wings under um, under a shirt, but insect wings are much more foldable, and you could. I, I think that could work much better That's and really, also yeah i didn't think I, of that i think insect wings are better at their at what they do anyway they evolved much earlier and have a lot have had a lot more time to hmm. um be refined by the process of natural selection now there um, was a there was actually there was an article i was reading about the the like the physics and um makeup of of insect wings and how they fold up to occupy such little amount of space because they were using that same design pattern for um, huge um, solar-powered like canvases to use oh. up in space. Oh, that's and they use that same wow. like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like um, origami. Um, oh, right. the, the the way of folding they fold up in such a unique specific way that they actually don't require much physical effort on the part of the insect to fold up. They almost naturally want to return to the state due to the te- like the tension held within the wing for the right. certain folds. It's really interesting. I mean, the, the um, problem yeah. with, with flying generally with any wings is that you're effectively, you know, biologically they'd be replacing. If you want them to actually work and fly, you'd have to replace your arms with the wings because otherwise, where is the muscle coming from that's moving? You know, that's a super important question in terms of the evolution of insects because that's not what happened with insects, right? The wings didn't replace any of their appendages. But I thought uh, I thought dragonflies had like four legs rather than six because they had wings instead of that extra set of legs. No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, okay. Hang on, I'm gonna uh, Google. I'm, oh yeah, there's pictures with some of six legs. Well, I just had that role my whole life. There you go. <laughs> the three main theories yeah. on the origins of insect flight are that wings yeah, there's three competing from, theories, which is super yeah, interesting. Paranotal lobes, extensions of the thoracic terja, um, and uh, that they are modifications of movable abdominal gills, uh, or that they develop from thoracic protrusions used as radiators. Dan, you realise that you're well actuallying the guy with a degree in microbiology. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, I was just, just, just trying to find the three theories. 
like... No, I've definitely, I, I've had to study those theories. I learned, I took yeah. entomology class in, in college and we had to study out each of those theories and why, and which ones hold up to which types of scrutiny. Right. Um, which is really fascinating stuff. I, I, I yeah. love the subject. So how, um, like, presumably with insect flight, it's not, because I mean, I know from doing this video, for example, that birds and bats, the musculature which powers the wings is the, the pectoral muscle. And it's like mm-hmm. up to, I think it was up to like 40% of the body mass of bats, for example. Like it's a huge, huge part of their body. But how do insects, how does insect flight work then in terms of the actual mechanics? Yeah, that is a that is a complicated question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and the, the evolution of, of that is, again, uh, subject to debate but how it works um i'm still fuzzy fuzzy on the details it's been it's been a while since i took entomology i I think you know i'm not even gonna try to guess (laughs) (laughs) but it's like because insects don't move it's 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 almost like a form of hydraulics right it's it's you know that they're pumping a fluid like 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 a hydraulic system instead of having muscle tendons i think i i do think it's actually muscle the the hydraulics is is very much the case with uh their legs yeah. But it's it's musculature that's attached to the inside of their exoskeleton um, that flexes the wings. Right. Yeah, it says it says here that the points of um, attachment is the interesting part and I, I'm forgetting the details about it. Um, but it I think I remember learning about it like it bends the exoskeleton itself and just like the the shape of the exoskeleton um, changing flexes the wings just because physics, I don't really, I, I forget. Okay. So yeah, there, there's a fun entomology aside for you guys. Mm. As for other things that I would add, that I would want to incorporate onto the human physique, um, gills, if, if it was practical, gills would be a good one. Um, oh, yeah. Although, like, cleaning gills is, is difficult when, like, if you're leaving the water, then they're going to dry out, and that'll be a problem. Uh, one that I would love... Uh, that's more practical, and I think they've actually tried to make this, would be gecko fingertips uh, yeah. to be able to scale yeah. to be Spider-Man and whatnot. Because that, be that works by... It's it's the Van der Waals force, isn't it? It's it's purely the yes. the fact that you have a large surface area and a large number of atoms close to other atoms in the surface that you're sticking to. Because the, the power law of the Van der Waals force falls off as the distance to the seventh power. So if you're if you can get close, like geckos can, the nature of their skin means that they can put lots and lots of atoms in very close contact with the um, the wall. Then it's close enough that even though that the force is normally weak further away, that seventh power means that when you get close, it suddenly gets really powerful. But I don't know. I yeah. Don't, how did they propose to do it with humans then? Is that like a meta materials problem? Well, I think the material that the geckos' fingers are made out of is is basically like really really tiny hairs and that's how they get so many atoms up in contact with right. the surface um and so in theory if you got enough of that and we're able to, to create that same material it could work um obviously we, we've got more the, the, that's yeah. the power law problem of you know r to the three versus r to the two um yeah a lot more weight to to, to hold up oh exactly. i'll have to look into that afterwards that's really cool um, Dan, what what about you? What 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 attributes or appendages would you want to crib from animals? I immediately just thought of an owl as an animal, not obviously not only for the wings, but their the, their ability to kind of rotate their head almost for full three sixty, and that one. their their eyes are like um, telescopic. Right? Yeah, by not they're, 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 Yeah, um, that'd be kind of cool. God, I mean, 
it's almost like when you go into a sweet shop and you're overwhelmed with choice. There's so there's so many dope things that animals can do. I genuinely couldn't. I'm really struggling to pick a single thing because there are so many awesome mm. things that you could have. Like, God, I don't know. One more we... I could think of would be the um, the ability to change color, uh, similar to a cuttlefish or mm. other cephalopod. Because mm. uh, that stuff is just amazing. It's incredible. Also, the the the, the wolves. Uh, specifically wolves i think i'm are, are, are kind of best at, at this but i think it does carry across most kind of like uh, canine species um the the enzymes that live in their saliva allow them to heal super quickly so if they ah, okay. scratch or graze themselves the reason they lick their wounds is because it actually it massively accelerates the healing process it's antibiotic and and yeah apparently a, a group which is super like the way it was described to me was wolverine like in how quickly it heals are, are giant mm. bats they um, huh. because there was uh, so as part of this video, I interviewed this guy at Durrell, actually, um, the conservation charity who works with these uh, their Livingston fruit bats. So they have a wingspan of about one and a half meters. They're these huge, huge things, and um, they they get tears in their wings because they fight with each other. They're social animals, so they squabble, and they have hooks on on their wings, which they use as weapons. And yeah, you get these tears forming in the wings, and they can fly with the tears in them. But what they've noticed is that they heal incredibly quickly, like in a matter of days. You you can get these big kind of um, tears that have been sealed up like you know the, the, the fact that this guy who was a proper researcher in the field worked with them for years was like yeah it's basically like wolverine like mm-hmm. it's the only way that we can think to describe it <laughs> um, wow they, they, just, that's I, I, hilarious I too thought... we used to get so many of those in australia they just crash into trees to land it never gets a hold you just be a quiet night you hear like the crickets going and the cicadas and then you just hear like a massive like bang and it's like oh, that's a bat landing <laughs> just doesn't know what it's doing <laughs> They're so great. I love them. I think I think they're really cute. If I'll, I'll I'll leave a link in the show notes to um a picture of a Livingston fruit bat because they are like teddy bears with wings. I think they're adorable. Um, but I did I did think of of, of an ability, uh, Dan V, which is I'd, I'd want to have the ability that the horned lizard has, where you can shoot blood from your eyes. Oh, gross! <laughs> it's just like because it's like a defense mechanism. It's like oh, shit, this um this meeting's not going very well. <laughs> whilst the, whilst the whilst the people are confused, then you can just leg it. Like, There's got to be better ways to clear a room. Even in the animal kingdom, you could go with the skunk ability yeah, or something. I was just thinking skunk, yeah. <laughs> but like, this is more of a direct, like, kind of fuck you if you could just squirt blood at someone's. It's like a, a version of Superman's laser vision. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shooting red blood at people. But there we go, Danby. I feel, I hope that has, that has sufficiently answered your question. <laughs> yeah, put your mind at rest. Yeah, I mean, good luck sleeping with that vision in your head. <laughs> Me walking into your good hospital luck, room. Good luck sleeping in general. The number of needles you've got in you, I imagine it's a bit of a struggle. He's got actually bless him. When I visited him, he has a chart that he's been keeping of the number of needles that's been stuck in him, uh, and yeah. there were seven by the time um, that I visited. But um, I imagine it's significantly so, more by the time this podcast comes out. He's a hero, that's for sure. Well, I think that's that's probably a wrap for the podcast. So, uh, Patrick, what have we learned today? What what article did we have in the first place? Uh, we had the Miocene uh, geological yes. time period. You yeah. did. Yeah. So, so uh, we learned that this this was the era in which humans and chimpanzees uh, speciated, which is interesting. And uh, then after we we very briefly talked about it, we talked about how you make your videos, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you, and, mm-hmm. and Smash Bros, and like how you got into biology and into gaming. Your uh, yes. your penchant for uh, PowerPoint. Yes. <laughs> Blown <laughs> yes, Dan's mind with that. Yep. And there was some uh, urinal cake talk in there somewhere. 
Oh yes, um, <laughs> that's going to be clipped somewhere and put. Be, be remiss <laughs> if we didn't mention that. <laughs> and then we talked about my excellent recommendations for Netflix, which went unappreciated by um, Dan. It's <laughs> because they're <laughs> recommendations. Uh, and then I spoke uh, about um, the two films, um, Shape of Water and yeah. Three Billboards Outside of uh, Missouri. Yeah. Um, absolutely, go and catch those if you can. Um, Shape of Water, especially, I, I thought was really, really very fine indeed. Mm-hmm. And then, Patrick, mm-hmm. you were talking about your TV uh, preferences recently. Yes, uh, the Better, Better Call Saul has been my go-to recently for the mm. past week and a half. And then for once, we had a critics cor- uh, crisis corner that we actually could answer because we actually knew what we were talking about. And Yeah, ho- to a degree. Hopefully, we, we were helpful. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. And then we had some, I think, some pretty good... We only, we only had a couple of emails, time for a couple of emails, but I think that was there were some pretty strong ones this week. So thank you to everyone Absolutely. who emailed. And you can send yeah. correspondence to spongyelectric at gmail.com. Um, but, uh, well, actually, should we, should we do the outro and then they can hear that properly? That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces and now some new shitty gameplay videos, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Netflix recommendations, animal grafting ideas, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us again, Patrick. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so uh, if anyone wants to watch any of my videos, if you're interested in learning about zoology through the lens of of video games, you can find my uh, stuff on YouTube if you just search tierzoo or go to youtube.com slash tierzoo, I think. You can also find me on uh, uh, Twitter. It's at the tierzoo. I'm pretty responsive on there. And also on Reddit. I have a subreddit. It's just r slash tierzoo. So yeah, come check it out. Thanks for having me. It was honestly our pleasure. And that means that we we have one final uh, line that we'd we'd like you to say, which is... Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll we'll see see you next next time. time. Something that I, I neglected to mention is that uh, prior to recording the podcast, I normally like to drink something caffeinated just to wake me up a bit. But we're out of Diet, of diet Coke, so um, I just necked a bunch of pre-workout before this recording session. And uh, I'm really feeling it at the moment. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Jesus. My heart rate is uh, very high.